Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I decided since I covered 15 and pregnant for in honor of Mother's Day, I wanted to do the movie from 2002 entitled Too Young to Be a Dad, which came out in 2002, stars Kathy Baker, Paul Dano, who at the time went by Paul Franklin Dano. This is like probably one of the first things that he's done. He might have had another movie in there prior to, but this is where I first discovered Paul Dano and just fell in love with him. We also have Bruce Davison, who plays Dan Freeman. Paul Dano plays Matt Freeman, so Dan Freeman's going to be his father. Kathy Baker plays Susan, who is his mother. We have... Tara Vanessa as Alex, Matt's older sister. All right, here's a synopsis. When 15-year-old Matt Freeman gets 15-year-old Francesca pregnant, their parents decide to put the baby up for adoption. Matt agrees with the decision, but later begins to rethink it. This movie shows the father's point of view. When we had uh, in 15 and Pregnant, Tina was a girl who really wasn't big on school and everything. We kind of see it from a different side, not just the father or baby daddy's perspective. But we see a young man who in the beginning of the movie is being honored. He's the youngest, like, he's a freshman in high school and the youngest to be entered into the honor society. This movie's got a 6.3 out of 10 rating on IMDb. Directed by Ava Gardos. Written by Edith Swenson. Alright, let's see if we got any trivia. I'm looking. Bruce Davison and Katie Stewart both are in this movie and both were also in the film X2 X-Men United 2003. Although in both films they have no scenes together. Alright. Well, I've never seen the X-Men films, so. Goof. When Francesca is getting sick in her bathroom and her dad realizes she's pregnant, you can clearly see the padding under her shirt. Tagline for this movie. What do you do when things don't go according to plan? So this movie would have been released on June 10th, 2002. I remember uh, I did watch Lifetime movies then and this one in particular kind of caught my eye because it was, like I said, it's a different perspective other than 15 and Pregnant. There actually is a movie called Mom at 16, which is also a good movie too. In that movie, pregnant 16-year-old J.C.'s well-meaning mother forces her to keep the ba- keep the birth a secret and decides to raise the baby as her own. So, that one's a good movie. Maybe at some point I might review it for the podcast, but... We also have Katie Stewart playing Francesca Howell. She is the baby mama in question here. She's been in a few things Katie Stewart has. One in particular I remember she was in Summer of the Monkeys. She played Daisy Lee. I believe she was also in the TV movie A Wrinkle in Time which is based on a book which I have not read. So I want to read one review here. It says a unique portrayal of teen pregnancy. 
Oh no, another made-for-TV movie about teen pregnancy? Where's the remote? That's what I said when I first flipped the channel to Lifetime and Too Young to Be a Dad was on. But since nothing else was on, I decided to watch it, and I'm glad I did. This movie was put a great new twist on teen pregnancy at Matt, a 15-year-old boy, has sex with Francesca, another 15-year-old. He learns that she's pregnant. Usually films focus on the girl, but this movie chose not to. Instead, it focuses on Matt, the boy, for a change. It's a refreshing new movie about a boy who's too young to be a dad. All right, without further ado, let's get into the movie, Too Young to Be a Dad, from 2002, starring Paul Dano, Bruce Davidson, and Kathy Baker. Okay, so the movie begins with some candles. Now, you may think, oh, that's romantic. No, it has nothing romantic about it. Actually, the movie is set in an auditorium here. It starts out with candles, and it's an honor roll society for the school. And the character, Matt, the first time ever for this in the school's history... Matt has been inducted into the Hall of Fame as a freshman. The the principal even says this is the first time ever this has happened. Uh, we've he's achieved so high, and I believe it's math. He's very exceptionally smart, and actually that is gonna come back in a way later. That's kind of what's gonna set things in motion once he eventually meets um. A struggling classmate named Francesca who's struggling in math and he offers to tutor her to bring her grade up and things just kind of escalate from there but I'm getting a little ahead of myself here and you see his mom in the audience and then his dad his mom's played by Kathy Baker his dad's played by Bruce Davidson who's been in so many things and he you're going to see that about him. He is the manager of a grocery store, actually a new grocery store that's going to be opening. He's very busy opening a new store, hiring a lot of people. That's a long, exhausting process. So he's only able to get to certain events and things when he can. And that creates a little bit of strife in the marriage, a little bit, but... So, in contrast in this movie, Too Young to Be a Dad and 15 and Pregnant, we do see Matt is a well-to-do young man from, a, you know, his parents are married, unlike Tina Spangler's parents in 15 and Pregnant, where she was not a good student, her parents were newly separated. Just It's, it's interesting kind of comparing and tragic contrasting not just because Matt's a boy and Tina's a girl but it's it's nice to see the male perspective once in a while. Matt actually surprisingly he's not a dick as a baby daddy. He really isn't. He's taken on this responsibility. He knows you know he didn't plan for this but he's taking such responsibility. You just hear as he gets his certificate for the honor roll, just be like, yay, Matt, go, Matt. And he actually takes his long candle and lights it. So that's the honor roll society. You know, I was on the honor roll as a freshman 
but there was never a ceremony. I got, like, my name in the local paper along with everyone else that got, like, bees are better. So Matt comes out of the auditorium. He's got his certificate in hand. And this is where we meet his best friend, Blair. She is an adorable young lady. And I love how it's early to, you know, it's 2002. Remember when everyone was like, well, I know now it's like Netflix and chill. And now that's been turned into something sexual for why do people got to turn things that could be nice and cool into a sexual term? But anyway, she's like, hey, you want to chill later? He's like, yeah, I gotta go talk to my parents, though. <laughs> and I, the way that Matt's parents are just gushing over him, like, I'm proud of you, son. I love you, son. This is great. You'd think that he was named valedictorian for which is or for graduate. But, I mean, I think just the fact that he's a freshman, and they even the lady said, we don't normally do this for freshmen, but... Matt's grades are just so amazing, and he's just got such talent. It's like, we want to honor that. Congratulations, son. You did good. Thanks, I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks, Mom. Now we head back home. I'm guessing it's later that night, and we see a girl and a a teenage girl and guy making out in a car outside this house. And we learned that this is Matt's older sister, older sister, Alex, who is in high school. I believe she's a senior. Her boyfriend's name is Zach. Oh, it seems like Matt's like the good son, not the, the good son, like Macaulay Culkin, but no, he's the good kid, gets great grades, polite to his parents. Alex is a complete opposite of that. And she and Matt, like, she doesn't like how he's so good and gets good grades and everything. And almost feels like, oh, then your our parents love you more than me because you're so nice and you get good grades. And I skip school and I fail my classes. And but now we go up into Matt's parents' bedroom and you see her dad just looking through the blinds as, you know, her mom's all like, how long have Zach and Alex been, been out in that car? I doubt they're discussing world affairs. So we definitely see that even though they love both their kids, but you can clearly see that the mom definitely favors Matt over Alex. And, of course, Alex is such a daddy's girl. We'll hear that with him always coming to her defense and everything. And when he's like, oh, well, Alex tells me you don't listen to her. You don't respect her and everything. And his wife is all like, you know what? Why don't you let Alex come to me and tell me her problems, okay? You're her father, not her mouthpiece. Oh, for heaven's sake, just like a dad to be worried. Like, oh, you don't think she's having sex, do you? And, of course, his wife's like, well, maybe we should ask Zach. He's like, oh, you had the talk with her, didn't you? It's like, 
Which is interesting how they're horning this in, like, oh, we should be concerned about Alex. Matt's a good boy. He would never, he would never get a girl pregnant. I mean, they don't say that, but it's like they hold Matt up on a pedestal, like, oh, he's a good boy, gets good grades. We don't have to worry. Matt's good. Alex is the one we need to worry about and be concerned of because she's 18. She's a senior in high school. They expect her to go to college, but of course she has other plans. So it's the next, oh, um, because she says that she talked to Alex, you know, gave her the sex talk like back five years ago when she had her period. And she's like, you know, honey, why don't you talk to her? You're so good talking with our daughter, why don't you? <laughs> and of course we hear Matt's father say, well, at least we got one on track. <laughs> yeah. I love how they're kind of like setting that up, like things are just going to completely shift. Like, oh, we were really worried about Alex and we should have been paying more attention to Matt. The, it's morning time. We see Zach pull up, laying on that horn. This house is so grimy on the outside, it really could use a power washing. And I'm just saying that because we recently had our house in deck power washed, but it's just, it's grimy, it's just like, woof. So, yeah, just showing the, uh, the Friedman's family morning routine. Alex is just busting out there to get her first cigarette. I mean, she's 18, yet she still lives in their house. So, of course, the mom is like, honey, are you going to talk to her about cigarettes and smoking? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll talk to her tonight, I promise. And she's like, oh, yeah, when are you going to talk to her? And he's like, tonight. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh, yeah. I mean, honestly, she's 18, she's an adult, what can they honestly do about the cigarettes? The only thing I would think they could say is, you don't smoke in the house, which she does smoke in the house later, she gets in trouble for that, so. Of course, I love how she's making Matt's lunch. That food looks really good. We definitely see Matt riding a bike, that's his mode of transportation. He's only 15, he doesn't have a car, he doesn't have a driver's license, so he's just gonna ride his beautiful red bike. Yes, he is wearing a helmet. Man, look at him coast down that hill. Like an expert. Trying to determine like what time of year this is supposed to be. Is this in the fall? Well, he's in school, he earned that honor roll thing, so I would say this has got to be, what, maybe, no, October, maybe, late September, because he's wearing a hoodie and jeans, but then again, depending on where they live, there's, like, a lot of fog, it seems like they live near the water, so, okay, this is interesting, as he pulls into the schoolyard, he's wearing a gray sweatshirt with print on the front of it. I can't tell what it says. It looks like AWK, like Hawk or something. But then it cuts to a different, you know, of him going even farther into the schoolyard and his shirt has nothing on it. It's like a blank gray shirt. So I'm wondering like, oh, we gotta like not wear like that particular brand or whatever. Oh, I wonder if Oh, it looks like maybe they had him turn it inside out. Okay, I get it. Because you can see the outline of the words on the front of his sweatshirt, but it's inside out. And you can clearly see, like, where the seam is on the... Yeah, they made him turn the thing out inside out. 
All right, so now we're in what looks like math class. Of course, as the teacher's handing back the papers, he's like, oh, nice as usual, Matt. Oh, Blair, nice improvement, because it turns out he's been tutoring her to help pull up her grade. And this is where we're going to meet Francesca, who is most likely failing math. And this is how she and Matt are going to come together, because he's going to offer to tutor her. Because she's like, oh, my dad's going to kill me. I'm never going to get into med school if I don't pull up this math grade. And even Blair's like, oh, well, yeah, Matt can help you. I mean, he helped me, and I really improved my grades. So you might want to take him up on that, you know, since he's offering the help. This is so weird, because now he's in class, and we see the H-A-W-K, oh, it's Skateboarding Apparel Systems. But before it was bright blue. Now it's like, what did they do to the... H-A-W-K letters. I'm sorry I'm harping on this, but it's like, did they white them out? They, like, took some white out and just went over it or something like that? Because you can still see it, but it's not bright blue anymore. It looks like it's been muted with white out. So I'm guessing this is the first time that Matt has actually noticed Francesca, because when the teacher puts her paper down, she just starts biting on the, uh, the, uh, the bottom of her pen and just like what am I gonna do oh she looks his way and smiles yeah okay she's dressed really pretty I like her outfit it's kind of a um butter yellow tannish flowers with large pink flower floral print it almost, like the material looks kind of gauzy almost like tissue paper kind of like Oh my gosh, he's actually waiting for her as the class clears out. Oh my gosh. She's also wearing like a jean skirt with like fuchsia colored leggings and boots that hit just below the knee. I'm dead. <laughs> she looked dead to you? No, still fresh. Good news, there's still a pulse. <laughs> Until my father kills me. I'll never get into med school if I can't pass ninth grade math. I'll tell you. He will? He's good. He helped me. i take him up on it. Thanks. <coughs> hey guys. Want a cookie? I can't. I gotta get more points than Matt. So you can't have a cookie? Bring it on. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mrs. Freeman. You're welcome, Francesca. Oh, she's got a different shirt on. Blue really suits her. Alright, so it's a little study sesh in Matt's bedroom. We got Blair playing a computer game. It looks like, like a Tony Hawk skater game on the computer. And Matt's mom, of course, brings up cookies for everyone. And Blair's like, oh, I can't. I can't have cookies because I got to beat Matt's score. And I love how Matt's like, oh, bring it on. <laughs> and, of course, Francesca, who is wearing a different top. It's like, like a nice, light, baby blue color. And it really suits her. She's got kind of a strawberry blonde hair. It's just, it's really pretty. So, and she's so polite. She's like, thank you, Miss Friedman. And she's like, well, you're welcome, Francesca. So, at least she's met, you know, Francesca and everything. So, we get the initial meeting.
I love how Matt and Francesca, I mean, they're sitting, I think they're sitting on his bed and just, uh, you know, smiling at each other. It's adorable. Of course, as Matt's mom is walking past down the hallway, she smells cigarette smoke <laughs> coming from Alex's room. She's like, Alex, that better not be a cigarette. You put that out right now, young lady. And of course, Alex is like, what cigarette? <laughs> and she's spraying air freshener in her room. Like, oh my God. She's got a homemade keep out sign like she's like eight years old. So now we're going to head over to Francesca's and meet her parents and kind of see what her life is like. Her father looks like he could be... Clearly she comes from money and I guess they're going to like a benefit type party or something and we just see her looking at herself in the mirror. She turns around and says, am I pretty enough for your party daddy? And he's like, oh, you're beautiful. And you just get this feeling like she is under a lot of pressure, not just to succeed in, in, in math, you know, to become a doctor like her. My guess is, I guess maybe her dad might be a doctor of sorts, and he's pressuring her to kind of continue in that tradition. And it's all about brains and also beauty, especially when it comes to her mother, who you might recognize if you, she's played by Sherry Miller. Okay, Dr. Howell It's played by Nigel Bennett, who was in, uh, Legends of the Fall, I'm guessing he played uh, one of the uh, bad guys. Look at me, I'm 37 names saying bad guys. But anyway, um, Sherry Miller plays Francesca's mother, Juliana Howell. And she would m mainly be familiar as Jennifer Taylor, Justin Taylor's mom from Queer as Folk, the U.S. version that came on that ran from 2000 to 2005. But it seems like she's played in, since then, she's been in quite, oh my goodness, she's still, she's still doing stuff. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of like Hallmark, uh, oh, Schitt's Creek, okay. A lot of Christmas Hallmark, a lot, wow, Pride, Prejudice, Mistletoe, Christmas Encore, Good Witch, which I guess was the TV, Love's Complicated, something called Open Heart, Bitten, looks like some vampire TV show or some, something to that effect. Yeah, alright, well, that's good for her. So yeah, 31 episodes is Jennifer Taylor, Justin Taylor's mom. I guess you kind of see Francesca's life and how, like I said, she is clearly under pressure, not only to be smart, but to look beautiful. Her dress that she's wearing really is, it's, it's not great. Yeah, her mother gets in, like, all the girls are going to be jealous and all the boys are going to fall in love with you. Well, one boy in particular. I don't know if he falls in love with her, but he definitely is captured by her. So her father's like, homework all done? And she's like, hours ago. He's like, that's my good girl. Both both Matt and both Francesca, their parents are like, oh, that's my good boy. That's my good girl. They're such good kids. So it's just like the movie's like, even good kids can make a choice that will change their life forever. 
So we go back over to Matt's house, and his parents, you see his dad was kind of coming in late to Matt's honor roll thing. You see him coming in late at home. No, he's not cheating on his wife, but he is a manager of, I'm guessing like a supermarket chain, and he's opening up a new location, which requires him to be very busy having a high, he even says at one point, he's got a bunch of applicants for only a few positions. So, yeah. That's, his job is going to be kind of, uh, I'm not going to call it a hitch in their marriage. It just it seems like it's always on the table for arguments and discussions of, why aren't you here with your family? You know, when they're playing the blame game later. Like, oh, this never would have happened. You've been here and so you're always off at your job. But Matt's mom actually works, too. Either that or she volunteers for uh, Matt's school, running fundraisers and stuff like that. And we're going to see later on when Matt and Francesca get into this predicament. It's almost like a ripple. It's not just affecting them. It's affecting their families as far as they're also facing opposition from the community as far as the fallout. Matt's fallout from this, but I'll get to that once we get to that part. So, of course, she's got to bring up the fact that Alex is smoking in the house again. So, clearly, they probably talked to her before about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I smelt it on her when I came in to say goodnight. And she's like, well, did you talk to her? He's like, well, I didn't want a confrontation. I already saw her once today. So, Alex is just one of those. She's 18. She's a teenager. She's a teenager is like, Oh, God, they dread having to talk to her about things because they know she's going to lash out. You know, I like Bruce Davidson. I'd seen him in quite a few things. Um, Gosh, one in particular was uh, the movie that I eventually want to do for the podcast. It's called Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog. But he's been in so much stuff. I think he was, like, in those X-Men movies and stuff like that. But he's just, he's... Someone who you, I think it was even on an episode of Seinfeld. He played like Susan George's ex fiance who had passed away. He had played, I guess, her parents' lawyer or something to that regard. But I believe he's still at. Oh, he was also in Crazy Beautiful. He played Kirsten Dunst's mom and also in the TV movie. Um, desperately, desperate choices to save my child's life with Reese Witherspoon and Joanna Kearns. Oh, he was in The Cure. That's right. He played Joseph Mazzello's doctor. The Cure. Guys, I, The Cure, I covered that movie. It's on, I covered it last summer. It's, that movie's so good. It makes me cry so much. But then again, Kathy Baker's been in a a bunch of stuff too. Okay, where do they live? Massachusetts, Maine? It's like wherever they are, they're at like some coastal, small coastal town, community, whatever you want to call it. Because just the whole opposition they're getting after what happens with Matt, like I said, I'll get into it later, but it's just like, this outpouring of just opposition from the community and everything. Like, Matt's like a falling star. He was high on his pedestal. Like, everyone's like, hey, Matt, congratulations. You got on the honor roll your freshman year. And then after, you know, it happens, the thing, you know, with him getting Francesca pregnant, 
which, I mean, you guys know that's what happens. It's called Too Young to Be a Dad. They're both 15. But it's just, all of a sudden, they kind of turn on him. Well, not turn on him. They just look at him in complete disappointment. But then that kind of ricochets and ripples out towards Matt's mom. Because she helps out at the school doing fundraisers and everything like that. Oh, she works at an elementary school. Oh, yeah, I'm remembering now. Oh, okay, so I see little ghosts and stuff. So it is right around Halloween time. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, actually, I guess Matt's mom, it, Matt and Alex's mom, is a teacher. Because we have this lady and her assistant come up. And they're saying that they're planning a trip to D.C. with the... Uh, of the sixth graders and they took a vote and the kids all voted to have her be the kind of like a sponsor or chaperone for it her teaching assistant looks kind of like uh kathy Bates, a young kathy Bates. oh yeah she's like oh yeah she'd be a wonderful co-sponsor hannah berg if uh it's like yeah i bet she wants to go to dc heck yeah Matt's got a hamster, just like my little Liesel. Aw. So now it's just Francesca and Matt in Matt's room as he's tutoring her. And, of course, she's not doing anything but doodling in her notebook, probably putting Matt and Francesca forever. And she's just staring at him. And this is where she brings up, just out of the blue, like, Matt, are you a virgin? Oh, she's putting like hearts and something that says yum and well and googly eyes and a big nose like Squidward from Spongebob Squarepants. Going with the um, Halloween October feel here, he's got a long black sh sleeve shirt underneath an orange short sleeved shirt. Halloween colors. And he just kind of looks up, oh my gosh, is that a globe, like, pillow on his bed? Fascinated by this guy's room. Matt, of course, doesn't say anything at first. And she's like, oh, you are. And he's like, you're not. It's almost like he seems a little bit embarrassed. Why can't he just be proud and just own it? You get him a virgin, so what? And he... It's like, oh, you, you have a boyfriend? And she's like, no, I just wanted to do it. And he's like, when? And she's like, last year. And he looks at her kind of like, you serious? And she's like, no, I'm making it up to impress you. Okay, so she had sex. She lost her virginity at 14. And she's like, oh, are you shocked? It's like, well, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a little young. So she admits to having a lot of stress in her life. You know, she's got to be beautiful for her mom and smart for her dad. So she had sex just for her. So I was like, oh, <laughs> was it okay? And she's like, yeah, it was fine. It was better than the dentist, but not as good as Christmas. I've never heard someone explaining their first time as better than the dentist, but not as good as Christmas. So she lost her virginity in the guy's car. So was it someone she went to school with? Was it some random, like, hey, he'll do. Hey, you want to, like, help me lose my virginity? You do? Great. She's fishing here. She definitely likes Matt. He, she can tell that he likes her. She's like, but I never got to do it with someone that I really like. Notice she said liked, not love. 
She says, I think it would be a whole lot better if you really like each other. So she is really, she's got that line out and Matt's got it. And she's just reeling this boy in. He's saying all the right things. He's responding in all the right ways. And she kisses him. Because he's, mind you, they're both sitting on the floor. And she leans in to kiss him. Oh, they are definitely tonguing each other. I'll tell you that much. Woo. And in walks Blair. She sees them kissing. I kind of think like she had a has a thing for Matt, a crush on him. And she's just been too scared to admit it. Like, oh, he's my best friend. But I don't want to say anything because I like him. And it will make everything different. Of course, she gets her heart broken. Sees Matt kissing Francesca. It's like, oh, no, my shot. And she, she just walks right out. But... Matt stops, and they both look at Blair. He stops kissing Francesca, and they both look at her like, Blair, and she's gone. I love Blair's sweater. I just, I love it. It's so, it looks so comfy. Well, maybe a little itchy, but kind of comfy. And Blair is a person of color. She's a POC, and she is gorgeous. I think she's prettier than Francesca. I mean, Francesca's pretty in her own way, but Blair is just, she's, she's sweet, she's smart, she's just, she's got it going on. Matt, are you a virgin? <laughs> you are. Are you serious? No, I'm making it up to impress you. Yeah, I'm serious. <coughs> Shop? No, I... Well, yeah. That's a little young. Well, I got a lot of stress in my life. Gotta look perfect for my mom. Be smart for my dad. I had sex just for me. Okay. Was it, uh... <coughs> okay? It was fine. Better than the dentist, not as good as Christmas. <laughs> we did it in, in his car. Just once. But I never got to do it with someone that I really liked. I think it'll be a whole lot better if you really like each other. All right, so we see where Matt and Alex's dad works. It almost looks like it's like um, a Walmart. Tight. It's got like a bunch of different things, auto accessories, home decor, other things there. And he's just really busy. And we see like his assistant dropping off what looks like takeout or something for him. That might be it. And she says how the higher-ups want a revised projection or whatever. Because he's opening up, like, a new store somewhere and having to... Yeah, anyway, he's not going to be home for dinner. So, like, hey, call my wife. Tell her I won't be there. 
This is early. This is 2002. So, of course, he doesn't have a flat screen monitor. He has one of those box type ones. It's just, it's funny just how out of date this seems. So, Alex comes home. She's got a nose ring. Of course, her mother has to remind her, we told you no nose rings. As long as you're living in this house, you're going to follow our rules. And she's like, I can't take it out. It's, and she mentioned something about it being superficial. And her mom's like, well, if it's so superficial, then take it out. She's like, no, it cost me $75. And then we get the whole thing about, hey, that's supposed to stay in your college fund. And Alex is like, I don't want to go to college. It's like, no, that's set in stone. You're going. Oh, she says, oh, I'm too immature. It'd be a waste. (laughs) Apparently, Alex's dream is to work full time and save up for a car. So yeah, they just get into an argument, and the fact that her mother does not want her spending her life in the fast food industry. <laughs> and Alice is like, oh, you're such a snob. And her mother's like, yeah, spoken by someone who has her every need taken care of. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is where we get the whole um, parents talking about Alex. And he's like, oh, yeah, she says you don't listen to her, that you way overreact, and this and that. It's like, uh-huh, whatever. Oh, my God. You tell who favors Alex is going to be the father. Because he's like, oh, gosh, you, I just hope she's not having sex right now. Okay, so we get <laughs> his uh, name is Dan. Okay, so he didn't say anything to Alex. He's just letting her run off at the mouth and spewing whatever. Hearing her, it's more to hear her side of things, which, I mean, yeah, you want to listen to them and stuff like that because, you know, hear what they have to say even if it doesn't make sense. This is where his wife says, you're her father, not her mouthpiece. Now we go to the school where Matt and Francesca are massive PDA in the hallway. And he's like, hey, we gotta go, Blair's waiting for us. And Francesca's like, you don't need Blair, you've got me. Okay. We see Blair kind of waiting. Again with this foggy day. It's just total... But then again, it's like October, so... And depending on where... If they live in a coastal water town, there's probably going to be a lot of fog rolling off the, uh, the, the water. And we see Blair waiting. She's like, forget this. Turns on her... Walk turns a Walkman up and like, all right, I'm out of here. Clearly, they don't want to study with me. Francesca, of course, does not have studying on her mind. She's like, hey, let's go to my house. She's like, why? And you can see that sort of smile on Matt's face. He's like, so we can be alone. My mom's got a meeting. Come on. He's like, all right. So this is where the sexy times happens. This is where baby making's gonna happen. So you just seeing the outside of Francesca's house, you can see her family. She comes from money. And Matt's house, like I said, that house, the outside of it, it needs to be, it's a nice looking house, but it needs to, uh, power washing. I can only imagine that um, maybe Francesca's mom is like a realtor, because she said her mom's in a meeting. Who, who knows? Who knows? We know that Francesca's had sex, so she is definitely jonesing for some. Matt, on the other hand, he's admitted he's a virgin, so, but he is ready and willing to not be a virgin anymore. It takes them forever to get up to the stairs because they keep kissing. Like, as soon as they're in the door, in the house, they're kissing against the door. As soon as they hit the bottom of the stairs, they're kissing. As soon as they hit the midway point of the stairs, they're kissing. He's, they're taking their jackets off. They're taking their clothes off. Every 
every bit of the way up there. So early 2002, when did this look start with the short sleeves over long sleeves? I thought, wasn't there, what was that, that guy that, that Kurt Cobain, that singer, wasn't he like Nirvana, Nirvana, right? 95. So I thought he was the one that started that whole trend of the short sleeves over long sleeves. I don't know. I could be wrong. But they disappear into her room. Of course, we cut back. We see clothes. all. I mean, pants, underwears, bras, shirts. And then we just see it's after and matches. They look so uncomfortable because they're just sitting there, after, laying there after the fact. And they look at each other and quickly look away. It's like, you guys just had sex. And for Francesca, you're not a newbie. You're not a rookie at this. So either it didn't go well, and it didn't take very long, or they're both just heavily disappointed. It's just so <laughs> They're laying in bed, and she's got this flower print material, of course, on her, you know, her pillows, her... her her sheets and everything like that. And it's just like, it's just weird. And the lighting in the room is just kind of, uh, they look at each other and look away. And he's like, well, I'm thinking like, oh, that, that was sex. <laughs> he looks extremely disappointed. And so does he. I'm guessing he didn't last very long. As they say, it doesn't take too long to make a baby. All you gotta do is, you know, and... But apparently, having sex makes you famished. Well, think about it. He just rode a bike home because he's got his bike helmet with him and he goes right for the fridge for something to eat and drink but of course i guess having sex makes you irritated too or maybe he's just like gosh i wish it would have lasted longer you want something to eat no thanks do you feel okay yeah fine just have a little headache oh do you want me to get you something i'll be fine Where were you and the girls today? Francesca wanted to study at her house. Did Blair go? Yeah. Okay. I don't want her to feel left out. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, honestly, I think Francesca might be reacting to you like a boy. I mean, even like a boyfriend. Like it's a not boy. like that, okay? We're all just friends. Okay, fine. So yeah, apparently having sex gives you a headache afterwards too. I don't know. Maybe it's just him doing that and then having to bike home depending on how far Francesca's house is from his. Who knows? But his mom kind of hits the nail on the head like, oh, um, you know, I don't want Blair to feel left out. Did she go study with you? And of course he lies like, yeah, sure, she did. Yep. And she's like, you know, I think Francesca might be reacting to you like a boy, you know, like a, a boyfriend. And, of course, Matt just brushes it. Like, no, we're just friends. We do get a couple of these scenes where Matt is just walking, kind of contemplating things. He just lost his virginity, so it's a big deal. And looks like Matt's got some regrets. But Francesca, we see her locker doors open and we see her mirror. And we see, she's happy to see him. But he is just, uh, yeah, like, hey, we're going a little too fast. She's like, oh, wait, you're going to kind of tell me to hit the bricks? 
he's like, no, I like you. I just, I want to be friends. I don't want to. Sex just, it's not for him right now. Hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm okay. Oh, we need to talk. You're going to be a jerk about yesterday, aren't you? Look, I'm just not ready. Fine. That's great. You're not going to tell anyone, are you? No. I mean, I want to be friends. Right. Seriously, I mean, really good friends, like before. You mean it? Yeah, sure. Come on, Francesca. Nothing's different. Do you just have sex? Everything's different. So she's like, oh, you're going to be a jerk about yesterday. He's like, look, I'm just not ready. He's like, dude, you just had sex. You can't go back to holding hands, but he says, hey, look, I want to be friends. And she's like, yeah, right. He's like, no, I mean it. Like, really good friends, like before. Like, they were friends before? It really escalated into making out and then them having sex. So, and I don't know how much time has passed because it's snowing now. It's got to be like November, December. Of course, we got Meadowbrook Elementary School where Matt and Alex's mom works and they're talking about all the proceeds from the book sale because they want to do that Washington, D.C. trip like probably in the spring or something. I could imagine it'd be like in the spring. Like an end of year thing. 150 bucks for 2002. Maybe that's pretty decent. She says that she emailed the senator in Washington to see if they could get a tour for the kids. We go back to Francesca's house. She's trying on clothes. Clearly nothing is fitting her. I guess it's been a couple weeks now. Or a couple months. Because she's complaining about nothing is fitting her. Then her mom's going to complain. Like, oh my gosh, you're going to wear that dress? Blech. And Francesca's like, oh, mom's just picking on me because she thinks I'm fat. Like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she comes down the stairs. Oh, she... And she, her mother's like, uh, is that what you're wearing? It's like, what's wrong with it? So we're in a math class, and Francesca drops Matt a note. We don't see the note. Clearly, she says we have to talk. And he's leaving class, and she's like, hey, Matt. And he's like, what's up? And Alex and Zach come up. And Alex is like, hey, look, if you get home before me, grab the mail. The report cards are coming out. So, mom and dad can't see mine, which means they cannot see yours. Matt's like, I'm not covering for you. And of course, Zach's like, hey man, your sister needs some help. Like, yeah, she does need help. In many ways. Like, starting with her attitude. So, Francesca tells Matt that she's late. Like, she missed her period. And he's like, oh, is that bad? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's new to all this. He clearly doesn't know what that means. So now they have to go to a pharmacy. They're staring at the uh, pregnancy tests. And of course, Matt recognizes one of the people there. One of the customers works with his mom. And she's like, Matt, just... They're not clearly not going to pay for a pregnancy test because in a small town... That would spread like wildfire. So he's like, look, 
just wait outside and I'll take care of it. So, of course, he steals the pregnancy test. Stop, man. My period? I thought it was just late, but it totally stopped. I think she knows my mom. Just do it, man. All right, wait outside. Just go outside, Francesca. I love how we get a shot of the condoms, and they're not even name brands. One that looks like it could be Trojans is called Spartan, and then we have Odyssey Thin. Spartan... What's this say? Ultra fit? Lubricated? Okay. Oh, Odyssey. Latex. Odyssey thin. Uh-huh. That's that's great. I'm sure he's probably thinking like, gosh, I really should have thought to bring a condom. True pregnancy check. Oh my good. I guess you gotta like pee into a little cup and then it's it's not like the um you know pee on a stick. This is two thousand two. You're telling me they didn't have pee on a stick pregnancy tests by two thousand two? They must but then again this isn't like he walked into a Walgreens or a Rite Aid or a CVS. This is a mom and pop place that it's got like greeting cards and like candy and whatever else they were advertising it's a small town so of course they're probably anything you want a walgreens you're gonna have to go outside of this town for it but they're in a jam they need to find out now if she's pregnant they can't wait to find a walgreens somewhere he just rolls his eyes like you got bigger problems. Stealing this pregnancy test is like the not even on the radar. <laughs> Just take the dang test. What's it cost? A few bucks? Now we're back at Francesca's house. She's in the bathroom peeing to fill that cup up. Matt's sitting on her bed thinking, oh my gosh, my life is over. It's going to change. We notice she's got like four different colored ribbons. Probably first place, second place, third place. Or honorable mention. I can't believe she didn't have condoms in her room. Why? She's the one that hadn't wanted to have sex in the first place. Technically, you should have had some condoms in your room. I get it. It's like I probably wasn't pl You knew from the moment she asked if he was a virgin that she was planning to have sex with him. But she comes out with the itty bitty cup and he puts in the little uh, eyedropper thing and then puts it in the the uh, little pregnancy test thing and then it shows it's really a homemade piece of shit looking test i mean how do you know if that's even really that accurate and they'll probably read like oh this says it's 99.9 percent .9 accurate and i love how her mom comes in and doesn't even notice the little itty bitty cup of it the pregnancy test is right there in the open she doesn't even notice it apparently francesca's mom is totally cool just like Matt's mom is with having someone of the opposite sex in their kids' bedroom. I mean, Blair's cool. I mean, she's just a friend and everything. No big deal. Francesca, I mean, she, her mother's like, hey, you kids need a snack? And it's like, nope, nope, we're good, mom. Okay, bye. She doesn't even, she says hey to Matt and he's like, hey, Mrs. Howell. And she leaves. <laughs> she does not even notice that on the desk. 
Oh, I take it she used protection with the guy she lost her virginity with, but not with Matt. Come on, girl. There's even an inkling that you want to have sex, you make sure you have a condom. Clearly got to be around Christmas time now because we got the tr little trees outside that got like just white lights on them. I honestly like multicolored Christmas lights. So of course her mother is like, I worry about Francesca. She's careless about her appearance. She's gaining weight. See, all the unimportant things. You, oh, she says her daughter is like edgy. Well, you're a bitch to her, so I can understand why she wouldn't like your ass. You're like, oh my gosh, you're wearing that dress? Ugh. Her dad, Francesca's dad's eyes are like bugging out. He's like, oh, I noticed her grades have been slipping a little. And it's like, oh, I hope she's not smoking pot. Yeah, because that's the first thing you think of. You know, it's a boy in a room, right? Did you think about that? Hmm, well, she is with that boy. I saw her with a boy today. Maybe that could be the problem. No, they go right to drugs. They don't go into boyfriend problems. They skip right to drugs. Like, that is like the last thing you would think of. Maybe. I don't know. Of course, apparently Francesca's parents are like, hey, it's not like uh, we didn't indulge a little in college. <laughs> he looks so much older than her. But then again, it could be the white hair. But then Bruce Davidson has a head of gray hair, but he looks very distinguished. This guy just, his face, it's just, Francesca's dad's got a weird face. It's just bug, blue bug eyes and just like, ugh. Of course they're going to, oh yeah, she's got to say, oh, kids start things so young now. And then we jump up to Francesca's room and Francesca's like, no, daddy, I'm not smoking pot. Mommy's just picking on me because I'm fat or because she thinks I'm fat. And she's even like, like, you're both always criticizing me. Just leave me alone. He's like, oh, we're concerned about you. It's like, whatever. Just get the hell out of her room. You people are pathetic. I hate you. Her parents are pathetic, not Matt's. Matt's are better than Francesca's parents. I'm sorry, but they are. They may have a high expectations for their son. Well, Matt's mom seems to be like the only one that really has any real scenes with Matt. But you can tell, like I said, she seems to favor Matt over Alex. And Dan seems to favor Alex more over... Matt. I think towards later on in the movie, we do get scenes with Matt and his dad because it feels like we really haven't had anywhere they're having a conversation together. Of course, Matt's talking to Francesca. He's trying to like, like stay calm. It's gonna be fine. Like, we're gonna have to tell our parents one way or another. And she's getting upset. He's like, please don't cry. Look, we'll figure this out. Oh my gosh, he's got one of those um, um inflatable chairs. It's an inflatable, and it's like something behind it has got a um a light behind it, and it's like making it shine. It's shining through the inflatable clear armchair. That is, he's got the coolest room. But we're going to have to find some way to tell our parents. I just can't. Can you? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else to do, Francesca. <laughs> Francesca.
Francesca, don't cry. Look, we'll figure something out, okay? I'm sure Matt is just like, gosh, it was just one time. What the heck? Well, all it takes is one time. You ejaculate in her veggie woo and bing, bang, boom. Nine months later, she's delivering a baby. But apparently she's not going to, They're not. she's not going to tell her parents because they're going to find out themselves. It's 7 a.m. She's got morning sickness. She's vomiting in the toilet. And her father just happens to come across. And she just pretty much spills the beans just by her actions with her throwing up in the toilet. She looks at her dad and says, I'm sorry, daddy. And he's like, ugh. Obviously, you can tell both sets of parents are like, I did not expect this from my child. They were so good. They were just, they cared about their studies. They never got any real trouble. And now this, ugh. When they, it's like they hold their kids up on a pedestal and it's like they don't expect them to do anything wrong like anything wrong and it's, it's like I'm so disappointed in you I had such high hopes for you and you'd go and do this yeah he comes in and he, he looks at her and he's just got this look I mean with his bug eyes <laughs> and she's just like daddy I'm so sorry please don't hate me it's like oh my gosh She's so concerned about how her parents, what they think of her and everything. And it's so sad. We're going to go back over to Matt's house where <laughs> her mom, uh, Matt and Alex's mom, is cleaning Alex's room only to find she's still smoking in the house. Because she finds an ashtray with put out cigarette butts on it. And she also finds... <laughs> her uh, report card that she tossed in the trash. <laughs> the scene as her mother's going over, because this scene always repeats in my head, and sometimes I'm like, where did I hear this from? <gasps> Alex! It's not just the grades, although believe me, they're <laughs> awful. Failing photography and gym. You have to want to fail photography and gym. You have to try to fail photography and gym. But I'm passing my core subjects. Barely, and passing is the least of your obligations, Alex. Sorry I'm not perfect like him. You're not even being honest with yourself now. And that self-pity is just a way of pretending that you didn't do something plain black and white wrong. Hello? Oh, hello, Dr. Howell. Oh, boy, that ain't good. Your son impregnated my daughter. Mom, I'm sorry. Oh, Matt. So it's true? Oh, how could you? Matt, when did you find out? Why didn't you use protection? I'm sorry, Mom. It was an accident. An accident? Like you broke a window, Matt? It's a baby. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't know what I was doing. It was one time. It only takes one time, Matt. Matt. Okay. Um, I got a couple things to say about what Matt just said. He said, I'm sorry. It was an accident. An accident. He's like, I didn't know what I was doing. You don't know when you put a penis into a vagina, what's going to probably happen? Kid, did you not take sex ed? You can't be that far 
so into your schooling that you don't know the basics of sex. You're 15. This is 2002. The internet was available. You could look it up in the encyclopedia. What intercourse is. Don't tell me you didn't know what you were doing. It's not like you put your penis in her ear or anything in a jacket. You put it in her vagina. That's basically how a baby is going to be created. That's how it works. And she's even like, an accident, like you broke a window mat, it's a baby. Like, kid? Ugh. For this kid, he's on the honor roll, and he's a whiz, he's a master at math. But in the baby-making department, he's fucking clueless as hell. This is nuts. He's not a dahead. Look at him. This is the kind of guy, if I were in high school, the quiet ones, those are the ones I go after. I probably wouldn't be smart enough for him, but still, come on. You know how babies are made, don't you? Well, apparently he, he's learning now. He's going to learn firsthand. So now he's going to go and sit outside and cry and like, my life is messed up. It's never going to be the same. So, Matt's outside. He's just really struggling with trying to wrap his head around this news. And, of course, even though his mother was shocked, she still is being the caring mother. Like, oh, it's chilly out. Let me bring you your coat. And I love how she just kind of wraps the coat around him almost like a blanket and puts her arm around him. You know, and she tells Matt that she loves him. She says, I'm going to call Dad. He's just an hour flight away. And Matt's like, Mom, he's going to kill me. She's like, no, no, he's not. He's going to help us figure out what to do. And Matt is just, I mean, you know, he made a choice here. I'm not going to call it a mistake because it's not. He made a choice and he's so scared. He's like, I don't know, Mom. Do you think I should, like, get married? And she's like, honey, you're just a, you're just a kid. You're just a baby. Oh, no, she says, no, honey, no, you, you shouldn't be getting married. And he, he says, mom, there's a baby coming. And she's like, I know, but you're just a baby yourself. Because he's, he's 15. He's only been a teenager for two years. This is just such a good and sweet scene. Dad, he's just an hour flight away. Mom, he's gonna kill me. No, he's gonna help us figure out what to do. Do you think I should, I don't know, get married? No, honey. No, I don't. Mom, there's a baby coming. I know, honey. But you're just a baby yourself. I'm sorry, Miss. Now we cut to the school where Matt's mom works she's trying to get through to dan her husband unfortunately she's not having any luck she's like can you try his cell thinking why don't you try his cell you don't have the number but then again maybe it's a work phone a work cell phone or something so you can just tell i mean she's getting frustrated this is big big news 
Does he really need to fly home that day? Like, uh, just can't wait till the the next day. I mean, it's not like Francesca's gonna deliver that baby that day. Wait a day. It's fine. Okay, so yeah, she's teaching a class, and this, of course, is when her husband decides to finally call. Maybe he gets like five seconds to talk. So now we go out to. Matt's school, Blair and Matt are hanging out on the bleachers, and he's kind of telling her what's up, what's going on. So yeah, Blair's definitely on the I really hate Francesca train here. It's like, yeah, she messed up your life. And of course, Matt's defending Francesca. Like, hey, we both messed up. And Blair comes back with, are you telling me she was a virgin? And he's like, I'm not telling you anything about that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, she was not a virgin. You know that, I know that. We all know she was not. But then I'm not gonna throw blame onto Francesca. It takes two people to have sex, and it takes two people to make a baby, so. Blair's like, hey, don't tell me I shouldn't hate her. And Matt's like, what's up with you, Blair? And we get a little bit of uh, backstory here. They've been friends since kindergarten. Like, best friends. Oh, she kind of says how that it really changes stuff because, you know, he's had sex. He's got all the stress in his life. It's like almost like a wedge between them. Like, he's more experienced now. And it almost maybe in her mind she feels like their friendship's kind of divided by this. Because, you know, he got a girl pregnant. It's like, where does Blair fit into this? And he's like, I don't understand what you mean. And Blair, of course, is probably thinking about, you know, the magazines she's read, where how sex changes a guy. She's like, I mean, doesn't it, like, change you? Are you going to, like, want to have sex all the time? But she says, are you going to, like, need sex now, like, all the time? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, are you going to have it all the time now? And he's like, what, with you? And she's like, shut up. Matt, of course is gonna give her an, a good thing here. It's like, you know, people talk about how great sex is and everything. I mean, it's not like what they say. And he's like, it just happened so fast. I didn't even really like it. Which, I... The look on his face afterwards when he and Francesca are laying in bed and they're just, like, not looking at each other, he looks disappointed. Like, oh, that was it? Well, hmm. Yo, I knew something was wrong. Yeah, she messed up your life. We both messed up. Are you telling me she was a virgin? I'm not telling you anything about that. Uh-huh. Don't tell me I shouldn't hate her. What is up with you, Blair? You're my best friend, okay, since kindergarten. And now you've got all this stress. And there's this thing between us. I don't get that. Well, you... <laughs> did it. I mean, doesn't that change you? Are you, like, gonna... Gonna what? Gonna need sex now? Have it all the time now? What, with you? Shut up. All your life, people are telling you that sex is so great. I mean, it's not what they say. It just happens so fast. I never really like it. I'm going to be a father. Aww. 
So, Matt's mom's on the phone with her husband, and you just get his side of it saying, gosh, I did not need this right now. And she's like, well, nobody needs this, but it's here, and we have to deal with it. Oh, it's called Patriot Automotive and Hardware. Okay, so it's not like a Walmart. Gotcha. It says now hiring, and there's a bazillion people. Like The line is like going out the door of people that are just filling out applications. So she set up a meeting with Francesca's parents to kind of discuss everything. And it's like, dude, he, he is like away, like a flight away. He's working. You couldn't have set this up for any other night when he might be available. I get it. He's busy. He's got. He's opening a new store, but this can wait. Francesca's only what a few months along. Come on, he's not having the baby tonight. Okay, Matt's mom's name is Susan. Okay, so he's saying, "Hey, I'm opening a new store. I got two days to staff it. I got three hundred applicants for fifty positions. That means 250 of those people aren't getting jobs. She's like, yeah, I could take a you know, flight, be back at five, but I mean, that's not going to change things. And then I'll be out of a job. So it's like, this can wait a day or two. She's still got like six months to go. So he can't be there tonight. My God, you didn't have to... Ugh. She's like, what, I'm supposed to meet them by myself? Like, I guess so, because you set up the meeting without him being involved. And she's like, if you want to be involved in your son's life, come home. Oh, shut up. Give him an ultimatum like that. All right, we learned that Francesca is almost five months pregnant. And her dad is all like, well, of course this means she has to carry the baby to term. It's pretty much Francesca's father's going over the basics, basics saying that our insurance covers prenatal care up to 80%. You're going to be responsible for the other 20, which that doesn't sound terrible. But then again, it seems like Matt's parents are, they're not struggle struggling. But if you look at Francesca's lifestyle versus Matt's, like, eh. And of course, Francesca's mother is like, oh, we can forward those bills to you, right? And Matt is like, oh, yeah, sure, right, Mom? That's okay. We can do that. Because Matt's being, you know, he's he wants his partners in, in this whole thing. He did help create this child. And he wants to take responsibility. Things had a smidge heated between Matt's mom and Francesca's mom. As Francesca's mom is all like, look... Money is not the issue here. It's taking responsibility. And Matt's mom is all like, yeah, our share of responsibility. She's like, yeah, of course I'm angry. Francesca shouldn't have to be going through this alone. And Matt's mom is like, well, Matt's also going through this as well. I mean, granted, he's not carrying the child, but... So now we're going to move on to what's going to happen when the baby is born. And Francesca's father is telling Matt... A baby needs love and stability. And I really don't think that two teenagers can really provide that. So we think the best idea here is looking at adoption. Yeah, and Francesca's father's like, it's a baby is a full-time job. 24-7, 365 days a year. I don't expect you teenagers to know 
anything about that. So Maddie even asked Francesca, like, are you okay with all this? And all Francesca says is, I just want everything to be the way it was. Clearly, she's not happy that she got knocked up. Why didn't you use a condom? must have used one when she was with that guy she lost her virginity to. You should have been using one with... Yeah. Then again, the same can be said for Matt. Matt, why didn't you use a condom? Oh, it just happened. Basically, he wants the... Francesca's father wants to deal with a private adoption agency. And to give the kids a fresh start, he wants to look at an out-of-state placement. Basically, a private adoption, a closed adoption. So Francesca's father really wants us to get settled and squared away. He's like, come on, Matt, we need your approval here. Yes or no, do you want the baby to be adopted? He's like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, and then we're in the car with Matt and his mom, and she's like, honey, a lot of this stuff just went by us really fast. Where's your head at in all of this? And he's like, well, I mean, if the baby can have a shot at having a good life and growing up happy, then I guess that's the best way to go. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure Matt's head is still spinning. It's just, we need an answer today. Are you okay with the adoption? We need your approval in this because we don't want to go through it and then have you come and say, no, I want the baby after all or something that, to that effect. Or I'm not okay with the adoption. Because we, it looks like Francesca is pretty much, I want things the way they were before I got pregnant. Francesca's almost five months pregnant. <laughs> of course, this means she has to carry the baby to term. As far as we can figure, the baby's due in mid-June. Our insurance covers prenatal care up to 80% after the deductible. And we can call it something else to you? Sure. I want you to understand the money isn't an issue. The issue is assuming responsibility. Our share of the responsibility. Look, this is how I can understand you might be angry. I'm going to be angry. Francesca shouldn't have to go through this. Matt's going through it, too. <laughs> I hardly think it's comparable. Well, let's not trade blame. We're all in a situation that none of us because you had no idea. None of us had any idea. Yeah, really? You didn't even see that pregnancy test on the table when you went in that room with them there, you dummy. What we talked about, Francesca, Matt, is how much a baby needs love and stability. It's a full-time job, 24-7 every day of the year. Now, we think it wouldn't be fair to ask you and Francesca to try to provide this. And it wouldn't be fair to the baby either. Are you okay with that? I just want everything to be the way it was. <laughs> what are you feeling, Matt? I'm willing to look after all the details. I'll find a private adoption agency, a good solid home. Unrealistically, if we want to give our kids any chance of a fresh start, we should look for an out-of-state placement. Do you understand what he's saying? I need your approval here, man.
us a lot to think about. It's best to be decisive. So yeah, it pretty much just sounds like adoption is the way to go. Everyone gets a fresh start. The baby's gonna have a fresh start. It's not the baby's not gonna know it's both his or her birth parents. The kids are gonna be able to finish school and go on to college. And in a way, it almost seems like oh, we'll just pretend this never happened. It was just something that happened. It's been taken care of. It's worth the baby's getting a new life. We're all gonna move on. And I won't it. I can't even imagine what the kids are going through, especially, you know, Francesca's not saying much. She just, like I said, she just wants things to be the way they were before she got pregnant. Matt, on the other hand, is really trying to wrap his head around this. He's like, well, what do you think dad's going to say? And his mom's like, well, I'm sure he'll want a fresh start too. She says the word, this uh, adoption is the best way to safeguard your fe your future. Because, you know, as far as Matt, you know, he was on the honor roll. He's really, you know, school's important to him. He really enjoys it. Matt's throwing stones into the water. He does this, you know, this is his way of kind of not just coping, with, but trying to come to, you know, to rationalize things in, in his head and his, his alone time to try to figure things out, you know. Get his frustrations like, what do I, where do I go from here? And just, his, his, maybe this is his coping mechanism. I wonder if Paul Dano was the one who was skipping the rocks or maybe it was someone else. Because that one got like three skips on it. I've never skipped, I think I might have tried it, but it just like sank. It didn't skip at all. You get a flashback to francesca and matt in class and how she's looking over at him i noticed one of her school books you know how back in the day i guess the school books had you know numbers on uh, the page as far as probably when it comes to handing out books to the students and stuff each book is numbered this one says 69 like ugh. yeah he's just flashing back to when he saw Fr francesca in class and she smiled at him to them making out at the top of the stairs to after they have sex and they're lying in bed not looking at each other and he's probably thinking you know my first time i didn't even like this and i still i'm gonna be a father as a, a result of this all right here comes dan he's finally coming home let's see how this is gonna go down i don't think he's gonna scream at his child but 
So, of course, Dan and Susan, Susan's angry because he wasn't there. Like, hey, how was the meeting at the Howells? She's like, oh, did you reach your management goals? It's like, you gotta stop this. He's opening a new store. You're the one who set up that meeting without talking to him first about it. Oh, wow. I didn't see this coming. Apparently, he was hoping it was decided to terminate the pregnancy. So, apparently, Dan is for abortion. That's great. Not. Uh, she's like, well, no. Francesca's five months along. She's got to carry the baby to term. So, that is off the table. She's like, oh, if you'd, she's too far along. If you'd been there, you'd know that. Like, stop. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure you think that flushing my job down the toilet is going to help things. And she's like, well, you're always finding some excuse for ducking out on family life. He's got a job. So do you. His job isn't any less important than yours, but my gosh. He's probably the main breadwinner. How much you want to think she probably makes as a teacher? Probably not much. But then again, how much does he make as a manager of a store? Who knows? Matt sees his family, his parents fighting, which maybe they don't do a lot of that. And he's like, look, stop fighting, okay? This is my problem. This is my fault. And Matt's like, Dad, I'm sorry. And his father's like, Matt, it's all right. We'll, we'll talk later. So Susan, Matt's mom, is at her job. Hannah, her assistant, comes up with coffee because it's so cold out. And it's like, hey, what's up? You want to talk about it? And she's like, no, not really. No, kids. And she says, how can you work so hard and have everything go so wrong? And I was, it's kind of in a way like she's saying, like, she put all this work into Matt. He loves school and everything. And he makes one choice that changes not only his life, but the life of his family as well. Okay, um, well, just like in 15 and Pregnant, you know how Tina ended up having to go to a unwed uh, mother's trailer school for uh, pregnant teen mothers. Looks like the same situation is going to be for Matt. Even though he's not pregnant, and Francesca is, but it turns out... Um, the principal of Matt's school is calling Susan, Matt's mom, to give her information on the alternative school for teenage parents. And the lady even says usually it, the responsibility would fall onto the mother and the, the guy would have no part in anything as far as the responsibility. But now both of them would be going to this alternative school. And of course... Susan's got something to say about that. Susan kind of comes back with, well, no, Matt's baby's being adopted privately. We're not interested in that. And the principal's like, I'm afraid it's mandatory at this school. What? What school do they go to? This is nuts. <laughs> Matt's being transferred there with Francesca. Okay. Yeah, he's being transferred out of the academic program, which is where he earned the honor roll certificate. Oh, of course, Susan's like, can't you make an exception in Matt's case? You're putting his whole future in jeopardy. So the principal says, hey, look, I will schedule a meeting where you can present your case. So she and Matt are going to go down there. But of course, while Susan is fighting for Matt to stay, Matt kind of flips the table here, not literally, and uh, 
has a different look, a different take on this. Of course, before we get there, we see Matt walking down the hall with a couple friends. One guy looks like he's clearly 20 years old or even 24. He must have been held back quite a few. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just like, what? But anyway, um, yeah, he sees Francesca cleaning out her locker. So he clearly has no idea. Like, what's going on? Where are you going? It's like, yeah, I've been transferred to the uh, teen pregnancy unwed mother school program, alternative school. That's county. You're not gonna clean out the rest of that crap out of there? Oh, she's got a garbage bag full of. Dang, that's a lot of stuff in there. She's just dragging it on the floor. Yeah, apparently this school is in the next county. She's got to take a school bus, but Matt's saying, wow, that sucks. And I'm thinking, does he not know he's going to be also going to the same school? Maybe the news hasn't been broken to him. But now we're at home later, and Susan is really still on the bandwagon of, you know, Alex going to college after her senior year. She's having her fill some student aid forms. Now Alex is like, well, if you want to throw your money away. And she, of course, Susan kind of fires back. All right, let's talk about money. You say you don't want to go to college for a year. Fine. Well, guess what? If you're going to be living here, you're going to be paying rent for food and your car insurance and all of that stuff. And Alice just goes ballistic. Like, wait, what are you talking about? It's like, you want to live here and not go to college, you're going to be having to pay your own way. Of course, Alex throws back like, oh, well, he gets a girl knocked up and he just, everything's fine for him. But I decide not to go to college for a year and now I got to pay rent. And Matt, she runs out of the room and Matt's like, geez, mom, won't you have her let her do what she wants. And of course, Susan's like, you're not in a position to argue, so I'd keep my mouth shut if I were you. Like, you're in enough trouble as it is. Do you want to throw your money away? Okay, well, let's talk about money. How are you going to make ends meet on minimum wage? <laughs> well, I work full-time for six seventy-five an hour. My take-home is over $200 a week after taxes. That'll more than cover a car payment. I don't think so, because the rent on your room is going to be at least $200 a month. Then you have utilities, groceries. Whoa, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the real world, Alex. We're only going to support you while you're getting an education. So he knocks a girl up, and you pay for everything, but I can't work for something I really want? No! Hates you. Maybe you should let her do what she wants, Mom. You're in no position to give advice, Matt. I was 
was just thinking about that. Yeah, I keep having to remind myself. Like, this is 2002. And Alex makes six seventy-five an hour. She want, And she said her take-home pay is like 200 every week. Because she works like full-time. And she still goes. No wonder she, her, her grades are shit. Not just because she hates school, because she's working full-time. But then again, you're still, even though you're 18, you're still a student. Wouldn't that mean you can't work full-time? But anyway, she's like, I'm saving up for a car payment. You know, 200 a week should be enough. And, of course, your mother starts back, well, no, the rent on your room is going to be at least 200 not to mention utilities and groceries. And <laughs> Alex is like, wait, he knocks a girl up, and you pay for everything. But I can't work for something I really want. It's like, and I get it, you know. Her mother says, well, we're only going to support you if you're getting an education. Like, come on. First now we're going back over to Francesca's house where her and her father are playing chess. Okay. Mr. Old Bug Eyes Gray Hair. <sighs> So, of course, there's a knock at the door. Matt's there to see Francesca. It's like, is she home? Like, yes, she is, but she isn't going to be able to see you. And you really don't have anything to talk about. And Matt fires back with, uh, we're having a baby, so I say we have a lot to talk about. And he just pretty much shuts the door in Matt's face. So, Alex comes in and asks her dad if he can cash her paycheck. But she said she brings home, like, what, a couple hundred dollars every week or something like that, or every two weeks. I can't see anyone carrying over $200 in their wallet at a time. That's unless you're going on a trip somewhere. But why would anyone need to have that much cash on them at once? So he's like, no, sorry, I can't cash your paycheck. And Alex is like, why are we broke all of a sudden? Why do we have no money? Because she goes to her mom and says, hey, can you cash my paycheck, mom? She's like, nope, all I can spare is a 20. And you see Matt kind of hovering around the corner, and he's, like, eating something. And it almost looks like he's, like, grinning. Oh, poor Alex. <laughs> she can't cash your paycheck. And even her mom's like, you know, the bank is the place to cash your pay. Why the heck don't you have just direct deposit? It was 2002. They must have had direct deposit, right? Of course, Alex looks, oh, well, that's not why. It's because of him as Matt walks into the living room. So Matt sits down at the table and is like, is it really a lot of money, Dad? And his dad's like, oh, we'll, we'll manage. And Matt's like, well, maybe I can get, like, a part-time job to help out. And, of course, his mom vetoes that. She sat down right away. Like, no, not while you're in school. And Matt's like, well, you let Alex get a job. And his mother's like, well, not well. She was a freshman in high school. So Susan gets news about the senator, the whole D.C. trip, and something about after the tour, throwing the kids an ice cream party or something. And Susan, Matt's mom, and Alex's mom is sitting down just realizing, like, well, when we take this trip, because it's going to be at the end of the school year, that... Matt's going to be a father, and Alex will probably be living with her boyfriend. And Hannah, the her teacher's assistant, is just looking at her like, and what, that's the end of the world or something? And Susan looks at her like, oh, you don't think so? I'm like, no, I don't think so. That's not the end of the world. My gosh. You want to know what the end of the world would be? 
you losing your house and living in your car or a cardboard box. Well, that wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world either, but that would probably be the worst case scenario. Like, things could be a lot worse, and they're not, for heaven's sake. So Alex lives with her boyfriend. Who cares? She'll really learn about the real world then. Then she definitely will be paying her own bills. Alright, here we go. So we got Susan and Matt going to plead Matt's case as to why he should stay at Brookdale High School instead of transferring to the unwed parents program, the alternative school. Matt was in sixth grade. I wasn't with his mom. I was his teacher. And that's when I first really saw what a good student he is and how much he loves to lose his mind. I want Matt to stay here and stay on track and feel successful, but mostly I want him to challenge his mind. Because Matt's education isn't just a career path. It's who he is. Okay. Now, I really need to hear from you, Matt. School. It's important to me, and I'm good at it. Last time I felt happy about anything was when I got in the honor roll society. Now everything's bad. I'll be a father before the school year's even over, and I won't even know my baby. I mean, I won't have to change diapers or make bottles or anything. right to pretend it never happened. Francesca can't. I don't see her much. I don't even know if she hates me. <laughs> even if she does, it's scary being the new kid at school. She shouldn't have to go through that alone. If I'm there, it might be easier. I'm really sorry, man. Transfer with Francesca. You don't owe her a year of your life. Oh, you know I do. You're so naive. Oh, man, now I understand, Alex. Here, I can just like her. How can you do this? Haven't you handed me and your father enough disappointments for one year? Oh my God. At least now I can get a job. Oh, is that <laughs> what this is about? Well, too bad. You can't work. You're underage. You need working papers. Well, then just show me where to get them. Figure it out for yourself. You don't want my guidance, right? So you don't need my help. So pretty much in a nutshell, Matt just says how he likes school, he's good at it, he remembers the happiest time of his life was when he was on the honor roll system. However, now with Francesca, Francesca being transferred, he's really trying to go to bat for her. Like, it's got to be scary going to a new school, being the new kid, not knowing anybody. Maybe if I was there, I could help her out. He even says, like, at the end of the school year, I'm going to be a father. I won't have to change diapers or bottles or, or, or any of that stuff. I'm not even going to know my baby. And I can't just pretend like it didn't happen because Francesca can't because she's carrying the baby and everything. He's really, he wants to be able to be there for her. And of course, his mother is just completely floored at hearing this news. Like, you don't owe her a year of your life. And he's like, Mom, you know that I do. 
He's like, hey, at least this way I can get a job. And she's like, no, you can't. You're underage. You need working papers. He's like, well, then show me how to get them. She's like, you don't need my help or my guidance. You go figure that out on your own. And Matt's like, geez, now I know why Alex, like, doesn't like you. He even says to him, like, haven't you handled, handed me and your father enough disappointment? Like, what is her deal? I mean, see, this is when parents have such high expectations and their kid makes them, you know, does something that isn't up to the parents' standards. And it's like, oh my gosh, you've fallen off that pedestal I put you on. So now we go back to the home. Matt's getting his inoculation records for work. Apparently he needs them because he's only 14 or 15. And, of course, Alex is like, what? You're getting to work when you're a freshman? I had to wait till my senior year. And, of course, Matt's like, big deal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> of course, Alex is bugging her father. Like, hey, did you get a chance to talk to mom about my year off? And her, her father's like, look, we're dealing with Matt's problems right now, okay? We don't have time to focus on you. And, of course, Alex is all angry, like, oh, great. So, because he messed up, I gotta put my life on hold? Like, oh, my goodness, girl. It looks like uh, Susan is going into a meeting for school. She thinks most likely about the D.C. trip coming up. But looks like some parents are a little concerned, thinking maybe she's not a good influence because her son got a girl pregnant. Like, oh, we don't know if you're the right fit for this. Like, we don't think you should be on this trip. I'd be like, what? what? This doesn't make any sense. What kind of community does she live in? The looks on these people are so judgmental. They're so judgmental looking. They won't even look her in the face. So she says that they've raised enough funds to pay for three tour buses for the trip. No one's jumping up for joy at this. They're all like, oh my gosh, I just want to smack all those people. Like, how dare you? How dare you be so judgmental? Well, everyone, the, whoever's in charge of this PTA meeting or whatever this is supposed to be, she's like, oh, some of the parents have concerns that with your son, you know, your son's situation, you might not have the time or focus on this trip and everything. I'd be angry. Like, I planned this whole thing. Are you insane, lady? She's like, my daughter's a freshman. I'm trying to keep her on the straight and narrow. And your son just not making my life easy. What is your son? What is what does her son have to do with your daughter? I'm trying to keep her on the straight and narrow. That has nothing to do with anything. Lady, get your damn life together. And Susan's like, what is my son, why is my son's life, my family's life up for discussion? Why is that anyone's business? And this one guy's all like, well, we don't think that that's appropriate. And we don't think you of you as good leadership with everything you have going on right now in your personal life. She isn't going to get any support from her teacher's assistant, Hannah, of course. <laughs> so we see Matt getting picked up by the school bus for the alternative teen pregnancy school. I don't see any guys on this bus. I only see girls. Oh, there's Francesca. And Matt, I guess, is going to sit, like, right behind her. And Francesca's like, that's him. 
Oh, okay, I'm wrong here because Hannah actually has got a mouthful to say to Susan. Like, why don't you tell those self-righteous jerks to, like, shove their DC trip where the sun don't shine? I thought she was gonna, I thought, I thought Susan was gonna say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit, so, yeah. But you can't do that for the kids, you can't do that to the students. Just, I like Hannah, I like how she's got... She's like, basically, like, I got your back, okay? Seriously. Those people, their judgmental looks, all of that, they're wrong. And she's like, it's not like you and Matt robbed a bank. My gosh, this is a new life coming. Seriously. You know what I just noticed? Susan's jacket, her winter coat matches the color of the station wagon that she drives. How weird. It's like a, like a, is it, is Burberry? Is that kind of like, um... A burgundy color, kind of like a something like that. I don't know. So Matt just gets on his bike and leaves as soon as she pulls in the driveway. They're clearly not on speaking terms at this moment, but it looks like he's gonna maybe, maybe look for a job. But of course, before he does that, what, he's got a problem. What the tire popped on his bike? That's his main mode of transportation. Either that or the chain's messed up. It's the tire. Like I think it's like the tube inside the tire or something. I was gonna go check out Pizza Land and see about getting, see if they're hiring. Six seventy-five. I guess that's a growing rate for minimum wage in two thousand two. So the guy's like, "All right, how soon can you start?" Matt's like, "Tomorrow." All right, be here at three thirty. And Matt's like, "I get out of school at three o'clock." The guy's like, "Uh huh." Like I don't give a rat's ass. Like you want the job, you be here at three thirty. Matt having to drag his bike all the way home. Damn. Gosh, this family dinner is so awkward. I think Alex is the one that's like, oh my gosh, what's with this family? <laughs> and I I think this has got to be where her father finally steps in and is like, Alex, you need to stop treating your family like garbage, okay? Enough with the attitude. And her dad puts his foot down. He's like, I'm tired of you with the attitude and treating your family like dirt. You're grounded. She's like, you can't ground me. I'm 18. He's like, you don't have a light until I say you do. Now sit your ass down, basically. Alex, here's a note. You're 18, right? Why are you wearing your hair in pigtails? For heaven's sake. And she's also got these, like, Native American, like, beads or whatever this is going on. It's just, what is going on, girl? All right, so we get a little peek inside the baby class here. And a very, Matt not only excels in academics, but he's excelling in this baby class. We actually do see some of the baby daddies. Okay, great. Maybe they didn't take that short bus. And she's praising Matt like, oh, excellent work, Matt. And Matt, who's holding this fake baby, is just like, not like it's going to matter anyway. We don't even get to keep our baby. Francesca kind of looks at him, almost surprised, like, oh, this is news to her that Matt, Matt actually has an interest in keeping the baby. All right, looks like uh, the bus, school bus is going to drop Matt off at his job. Oh, this place is picking up. My It's probably close to dinner time where everyone's like, I want pizza. I want a slice of pizza. So his manager comes up to him and says, hey, look, I need you to, I'm short-staffed, I need you to close tonight. And Matt's like, 
I can. I'm underage. And the manager's just like, hey, you don't tell, I won't tell. Okay. It's like, dude, you're breaking the law. He's a minor. He cannot work till like 11 o'clock. So Matt comes in. He's working late. Got his first paycheck. Hands it to his mom. Must not be a whole heck of a lot. But, you know, of course he's underage. He can't be working a whole lot of hours. But he's like, oh man, this is pathetic. How much do we owe the, the house? And I... Uh, she hands him the hospital bill, and she's like, we paid 20% of whatever this is. So even I don't even know how much the bill is or what even 20% of that would be, but they're really, they are struggling, and it's just, wow. Whether Matt's extra $100 every two weeks even helps with that, who knows. So Matt's going to look at... Computer games, video games, CDs, whatever he can pawn to get some extra money to help, you know, his mom and dad with the bills, which this is a good kid here. He is, I mean, he is, he got a part-time job, you know, he's looking for stuff that he can pawn, whatever he can find, just to help out the parents and make it, you know, maybe less of a crunch. So we get a montage of Matt filling orders at the pizza place. Okay, I'm guessing they were fil they filmed this in Canada because I see a sign that says Canadian Tires? Canadian something. Okay, I just looked it up on IMDb. Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada is where they filmed the movie. Countries of origin, United States, Canada. Okay. Oh, and it came out on uh, June 10th, 2002. Okay, cool. Matt got 20 bucks from some kid who wanted to buy his video games. Matt walks past a baby store... And he ends up picking out this cute little red bird. Oh, even though, I mean, at this point he knows he's, you know, not going to be able to keep, you know, his baby's going to be up for adoption. So, but he just saw it and he couldn't resist. Oh, he's pushing a little stroller. He's playing with a little mobile attached to a crib. I don't know if the title of the song has been playing over the montage. Something like, I dream for you and I dream for me. So maybe it's like he's just seeing what life he'd like to have if he could raise his child. Oh, it's a cardinal. It's a stuffed cardinal. Aww. So Matt comes in. He's exhausted. He drops his bag down, which has that stuffed cardinal in it. Doesn't say anything to Alex. Of course, his mom's like... I'm going to speak to your manager and Madsen, who's making a sandwich because he's probably famished. Just like, Mom, don't. He'll fire me. So Dan comes in and Susan says, Matt's manager is making him work longer than the law allows. And, of course, Dan really doesn't care. It's like nobody enforces those laws. He just has to deal with it. So she's decided she's going to be Matt's transportation. And she says, I want you to keep some of your wages for emergencies. Of course, Matt comes back with, like, Mom, I don't make enough. And she tells him to be reasonable. And she's like, part-time minimum wage, you can't make enough money. There's just no way you're going to keep up with her medical bills. And she tells him, you know, don't worry, you know, you can pay us back if you want to in time. And he's like, look, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing it to help you in debt. This kid is just, this kid is amazing. This boy is amazing. Almost makes it seem unreal, doesn't it? Okay, I want to know what kind of a sandwich is he making here. 
I mean, clearly it looks like peanut butter and jelly. He's got sugar on it, and now he's putting, like, some chocolate sauce. What even is? What? And probably honey, because I see the honey there. I'm like, what? This is, what is this? This is a con uh, sandwich he's concocted all on his own. I mean, PB&J, sure, but sugar and chocolate sauce? I mean, I'd try it, but I want to brush my teeth right after so I don't get cavities from that sugar. It looks like Dan also, in his spare time, what very little he has of it, makes furniture in his garage. So, Susan confronts Dan and just asks, why can't you talk to your own son? Honestly, really, it's like he's got no scenes with his son hardly at all. And even when he and his son is in the same room, are in the same room, even for half a second, he makes them, I gotta go to, well, I mean, I gotta, he's gotta go to work. But he could be talking to his son, and instead he's playing with his, his, his tools and his furniture making. I mean, maybe that's how he decompresses. I, I don't know, but basically he's avoiding him for a reason, and that's gotta hurt Matt's feelings, like. So, yeah, Susan comes in to Dan's workshop and just says, why won't you talk to your son? And at this point, Dan is just really trying to figure out, like, well, what are we supposed to be now? Like, a couple of dads just sitting around shooting the breeze? I mean, he's got a kid on the way. And she's like, yeah, that may be true, but he's still your kid. 
She says, you know, he still needs you. That hasn't changed. And Dan is kind of hurt in a way. He's kind of, maybe his pride's a little hurt. As he says, you mean he's working to support his own family. Because, well, I wouldn't even see it as that. He wants to help out. He sees, you know, you guys are struggling to help fix you know, his problem to support his pregnant girlfriend. And he wants to be able to provide for that. That's not help. That's not supporting, working to support his family. I mean, my, I mean, I see that he's stressed out and he's seeing it that way. But, and Dan even says, he's like, men had sex before I even got around to giving him the talk. And the one thing that's interesting that he also brings up, it's like, on the day Matt lost his virginity, he also became a father. What's that going to do to him? Is he going to enjoy sex now, or is he always going to see it as this bad thing? He's like, is he even going to enjoy sex now? I mean, won't that be, like, the worst thing that ever happened to him? And Susan's like, no, not if we see him through this. And, of course, Dean's like, gosh, I mean, who would have thought Matt would have been the one? Again, it's like... Susan especially puts Matt on this pedestal of he can do no wrong. He's just so smart. We've never had to worry about him messing up until this happens. And of course, it's like, yeah, whoever would have thought Matt would have been the one to do this. And of course, Susan's like, yeah, I mean, Alex, definitely, but not Matt. It's like, you guys gotta not be favoring one kid over the other. Or holding one to a higher standard while not expecting the other one to also be held to a higher standard. I mean, or, or just, I don't know. <laughs> of course, again, they're kind of debating about Alex. And Dan says, you know, at least one thing about Alex, I can say she knows what she wants out of life. Of course, Susan's like, oh, she has no idea what's good for her. And Dan kind of comes to Alex's defense again, just saying, oh, no, that's not true. He says how she's been independent since the day she was born. And then he goes on to say, I remember the day that Matt was born. And how he just gripped Dan's finger. And it's just, Dan felt like he wasn't just a father, but it's like Matt felt like an extension of himself to Dan. And he says, you know, when they brought Matt to him in the hospital, Matt just grabbed, you know, baby Matt just grabbed his finger and just held on. And I like how Dan says, what I felt was more than love. It was like, he was an extension of my own body. It's like, I don't know, you know, what to take from that. But it's, it's interesting seeing, you're not only seeing what Matt is going through. I mean, you might not be hearing his inner thoughts when he goes on these long walks, when he's skipping rocks into the lake but I like that we're getting different we're hearing the the parents voice their own concerns their own opinions and how this is affecting them I, I gotta I mean like I said I gotta hand it to Matt I like how he stepped up he just didn't push it away so well not my problem I knocked you up but my involvement is now over it's like no I'm going to help her through this because I'm responsibly, financially responsible, not my parents, me, even though he's 15. And I know in a way this may even sound like it's unrealistic, maybe based on the average young man probably wouldn't do this in this situation. 
but maybe there is a rare case where there are those out there that are in this situation and do step up and take action and take responsibility. Or at least that's what I'd like to think. And he says, you know, when does that end? When we say, okay, you've become a person in your own right. And he's like, well, I guess maybe when they go and make babies of their own. Well, maybe, maybe. And, of course, Susan brings up the whole, and now we're going to be grandparents. And she brings up, I wonder if it's going to be a boy or a girl. And Dan is like, don't, 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 I don't want to think about that. He's pretty much like, let's just get the ado- get the pregnancy over with. Let's get the adoption over with. That way we can get Matt back to where he was academically. And just we can get back to square one where we were prior to this whole thing happening. So Zach and Alex are cuddling and tickling on the couch. And I didn't even see until she's like, all right, I surrender. It's, oh, it's a bowl of chips. I thought it was popcorn. Matt comes in with the fake baby from his now his parenting school and I guess it kind of freaks out Alex for well I don't get that thing on me gosh I still remember having to do I think it was a was it a juniors I had to have been because I remember I got my license at the end of my sophomore year of high school yeah, because I was driving when I had this fake, it was called Baby Think It Over, and you had to do a packet, and you had, like, this key you couldn't take. It was a key on, like, a keychain that was around your wrist. You can you take it off, you get a flat F if you tr- tried to remove that key from your wrist. Anyway, it's like when the baby cries and everything, you're supposed to, like, put the key in its back. Of course, the one baby that I ended up getting, the, you know, fake baby doll, was the one that cried at um, 12 p.m., 12 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m., and 6 a.m. I remember because my dad's room was right next to mine. And my dad's like, will you shut that thing up? I'm trying to get, gotta get up in the morning. Like, I'm trying to shut the It's back. Man, I think I got it like a D, or I'm sure I got an F. And I remember, um, I guess the parent was supposed to fill out um, a questionnaire in the pamphlet, like, oh, what do you hope your child learns from this or your teenager learns from this? And I just remember handing it to him while he's on the couch. And he's like, well, I got to do your homework now? I'm like, no, but I guess, I don't even know what he must have wrote. Like, I hope that she learns from this to not to make this mistake or something like that. I don't know. I think I named the baby Calvin, but I'm just like, uh, I can understand why I got tea. I did not take it seriously at all. I should have, but... Oh, Matt comes up behind Alex, puts this fake baby right by the side of her face, and she's like, what the hell? He's like, hey, that may be your future niece or nephew. And she's like, you have a sick mind. So, of course, Susan comes in and says, Zach, I'm sure your parents want you home. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, bye. And, of course, he's, like, talking about how he's got the highest grade in sponge bathing. It's like... I'm sure you have the highest grade out of anyone in that class because that's just who Matt is. I think that's, I mean, I think that stuff just comes easy to him because he's that type of kid that it probably does. And he likes what he's doing. And he's really getting something out of this. I love how Susan, like, is like, oh, may I take the baby? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. And, of course, Alex is like, you two are weird. <laughs> They're like, you guys are totally insane. Okay, so it seems like the character of Alex is doing a, a lot of different things 
Well, last time she was in pigtails. This time she's got, like, three braids on either side. This is just, wow. I wonder if that's a real nose ring or a fake. It's probably fake. So, Alex leaves, and Matt and Susan are there. She's holding the fake baby. She's like, oh, what's your assignment? So he's like, well, Francesca's at med school, and I'm a stay-at-home dad. So he's like, yeah, she's got to be at the hospital for the night, so I have to take care of the kid. And <laughs> I love how Susan's like, yeah, very new millennium, because it's 2002. We have come a ways, haven't we? We have come 18 years ago. I mean, who, who, who would have thought we would be where we are currently in the state that we're in? So Susan's like, oh, when do you get to go to grad school? And Matt's like, uh, after the divorce. <laughs> Oh my goodness, they got that Framed Honor Roll Society Student of Honor Matt Freeman for their, what does that say? Hipster? Oh, for their display of great character, scholastic achievements, these leadership review their peer with their peers leadership roles with their peers okay and the service their their intelligent that's not it give in the school and community what what is that word and the service they something give in the school and I dang it, it's like old English font. And Matt and Susan are looking at it, and he's like, Well, that just seems like that happened to somebody else. And Susan tries to play this in a positive, like, but look at all you've accomplished since then. It's like, dude, yeah, you've really I mean you stepped up big time. And, uh, that's just who Matt, like I said, that's who Matt is. That's just who he is. I gotta turn on a light because it's getting dark in here. Oh boy. There we go. Okay. No. And Susan compliments Matt on how he stood up, stood by Francesca with no support from anybody. And she says how, you know, he gave up a school where he was very comfortable and successful, you know, to follow his conscience. And she tells him how she was very proud of him when he got that on the honor roll. But now she's even more proud of him. She says, you're not just an honor student, you're an honorable young man. He is. I like how she's slowly starting to come around to this. Because if you think about it, it's getting closer to June. So, yeah. Okay, so basically what's going to happen here is they're going to talk with the lawyers and the adoption agency about what's going to happen when the baby's born. The adoptive parents are pretty much going to just take the baby. And it's going to be a close adoption. So Matt, of course, is not really 100% on board with this. And of course, he's like, yeah, whatever's best. I just want things, you know, to go back to the way they were. Kind of like Francesca. But even though he said that back then when they were having that conversation at Francesca's you know, house and everything. You could just hear in his voice, like, his heart, his heart was not in that. That was more of a, yeah, sure. But 
I can totally see the more that he's spending with, you know, doing all these baby things and taking care of a baby, even though, you know, she's still pregnant. He's, I really think that he's going to want to, you know, maybe keep the baby. I don't, I don't know. It just sounds like he wants to have a part in the baby's life. He wants the baby to know him. only them as the parents. There's absolutely no mention of the babies being adopted on the birth certificate. So it's as if they had been. Exactly. It's a clean break for everyone, a fresh start. That's what we want. Now, Matt and Francesca, you understand that six months after the baby's birth that your parental rights are irrevocably terminated. <laughs> I voluntarily and unconditionally surrender adoptee to the care of the agency for the purposes of adoption. Or other such dispositions made by a more competent jurisdiction. apologize during that clip um someone you know with the traffic had the window or the slider open so but anyway basically what happens is they explain that the adoptive parents are going to get a new birth certificate birth certificate in the mail saying that they are the parents the adoptive parents aren't even going to be mentioned and that's like so basically it's going to be like they had the baby themselves and it's like yep and I believe he said, what is it, six months that the adoptive parents have in case they want to unrelinquish their parental rights? Like, oh, no, I actually want my baby back. I thought, isn't that kind of the, the norm in a way? Or I guess maybe it just depends. And Matt is reading it, and he signs it reluctantly. Like, he is, and he even leaves, like, adoptee, yeah. So he just, he walks out. He's just, he's having a hard time. But then again, we really don't get Francesca's side of it either. Other, she made her point very clear back when um, she was five months along at, you know, her and her parents' house, how she felt. She wanted things to go back to the way before they were pregnant. Well, it looks like Pizza Land also had seafood and sandwiches. Seems like it's forever cold. I, what is it? This, like, late spring? Because Matt, of course, has to close. So clearly, what, they maybe close at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And Susan's there to pick him up because, you know, she's going to be his transportation, picking him up and dropping him off. So <laughs> he just starts walking away from the car. He's really not happy with this whole arrangement. You can just tell. This is really weighing on him. And it probably, to him, almost feels like he really doesn't have a say in this, even though he might. It just seems like Francesca's parents are just go, go, go. Let's just 
get this whole thing squared away so that way when the time comes she has the baby we don't have to do anything the baby's going to be taken off by the adoptive parents and everything and that'll be that so she pulls up like hey matt do you want to ride and he's like mom just go home and he oh my this poor guy i just i feel for him So we see Matt's falling asleep on the couch and Susan wakes him up to tell him to go sleep in his own bed and she's holding whatever book he was, which just says something dad on it. So now she's addressing, I'm guessing this like the PTA, the people are like, oh, I don't know if I feel comfortable, you know, you being in charge of this fundraiser for, you know, the DC, the Washington DC trip, because you know, your kid got you know, his girlfriend knocked up, and that oh, just drives me nuts, like, oh, my daughter's a freshman, and I don't, I want her to stay on the straight and narrow, <laughs> all right, so we do have a timestamp. looks like Francesca is going to be due in about three weeks, so Meta's going to be a father in three weeks, so apparently some of them think that disqualifies her as a team, what in the what, really, give me a break, Basically saying, oh, if that's the best she can do with her own kids, we don't want her influencing ours. So she basically says, I disagree with that, and I'm going to be handing over this committee to Miss Bird, my teacher's assistant. And it's not because I or my son have anything to apologize for. They don't. They don't. The fact that they're bringing that into that, I don't like that at all. A person shouldn't be judged on the actions of their children when it comes to that. Come on. And she goes on to say how Matt has been amazing. How every step of the way he has tried to do the right thing. He's been amazing through all of this. You can't. I mean, honestly, you could stand up there and say, well, I don't think you're a good parent because your kid's doing this. Or I don't think you're a good parent because you're... You know, this and this. I mean, you could go stand up there and call everyone out for their misdoings and how they're raising their kids and how their kids are acting. But then again, they're not the one that's on the spot. She is for, for this. Ugh, I just, I hate this. I don't like it. And I love what she says. And I've never been prouder of him than I am right now. But this is nice, like a nice little reconciliation truths between Matt and Alex. She hands him a few of her computer games and says, hey, will these be worth anything? He's like, I don't want your stuff, Alex. And she says, you know, I know this situation is really tough on you, but you're being really cool. I think this is sweet, especially because she's the older sister by a few years, but... ended quickly okay enough enough uh, mushy stuff bye so we go into susan and dan's room and he's like just three more weeks i'll be happy when this is all out of our lives 
So Susan takes her glasses off, saying, like, Alright, Dan, I need ten minutes of conversation without discussing Matt, or the baby, or Alex, or what should have happened but didn't, or shouldn't have happened but did. Oh my goodness gracious, so he's gonna... <laughs> he clearly thinks, like, okay, this is an opportunity for some sexy time. And he starts talking about how, oh, I had a dream last night. I was working late at the office, and you had come in and was serving me coffee. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, you did say you wanted 10 minutes of not talking about Matt or the baby or Alex or any of that stuff. So I guess this is what you're going to get. <laughs> Where's this going? He's talking about how he's stuck at work, although, yeah, it sounds like a nightmare, and how everyone's gone home, and he wants to go home, but he can't because it's dark in his office, and he starts feeling along the walls. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what I want to hear anymore of this dream here. <laughs> Getting a little kinky for my taste. So, I take it he's going to tell Alex to stop smoking in the house? Because <laughs> he's like, wait a second here, i got to go do something. I'm like... You broke away from that to tell Alex not to smoke in the house. Come on, Dan. Come on. So, he, yeah, he basically opens the door and tells her, Alex, this is a smoke-free house. When you start respecting that, we'll move on to your other issues. Gosh, what time of night is this? Because Susan's downstairs enjoying another cup of coffee, flipping through Matt's baby book. So, of course, he's like, oh, you want to see something, Matt, since you're up? Here, let's look at your baby book together. And, of course, this has got to, like, uh, be pouring salt over this wound here. Yeah, I'm not even going to be able to see my baby grow up. I won't even be able to have a baby book filled with pictures of my baby. But let's go look at me when I was a baby. Good grief, Mom. <laughs> you got him a puppy? Where is it now, Dad? She's like, oh, you love that puppy. Where, where is it? Where's the dog? Matt is not about this. She's like, oh, look at this puppy. With you and this puppy. And, oh, look, it's you and Daddy at Christmas. And, oh, it's you and Daddy on the trip. And Matt is just like, can we just not? Really? This sucks. Like, you are really pouring salt in that wound. He really is not about this. You're just reminding him of something that he feels he can't have. With his own child. I'm never gonna see any pictures of my baby. It's somebody else's album and it's some house I've never even lived in. you feeling it too? No, I would if I let myself. Well, he's actually home and helping out. That's cool. I'm <clears throat> still pretty young, you know. What do you mean? I mean, just when you think that all of life's experiences are behind you, you have a lot of life ahead of us, too. <laughs> Fifteen years old. It's not an option. Well, we could give him another option. <laughs> we could raise the baby. Susan. Yeah, it's our grandchild. If you open this can of worms, it's just gonna make it harder on him. But 
to what a week now from Francesca having the baby and Matt is just he's like I said he's struggling he is really just kind of ignoring his parents you know Dan's actually home helping Susan in the in the garden and stuff like that and of course he just Matt just bikes off he doesn't want to talk to anybody right now which Susan does say to him like aren't you kind of feeling this you know I mean you should be with you know this baby coming and Dan's like well if I let myself feel it that'd be one thing but I'm not he's pretty much just kind of put up a wall and anything in regards to um hearing about the baby and Susan is saying how you know I th used to think that life was all behind us but what if she's pretty much proposing the idea of what if Matt sees the baby and can't give the baby up and Dan's like well he's 15 that's not an option and Susan says well what if we give him another one you know we're this is our grandchild I'm we're talking about here so she's just like no no we can't the decision's already been made pretty much and she's just saying how Matt has just changed in the last nine months. He's not this lost little boy anymore. He's he's becoming a man. It's the idea of you took part in creating this life and just feeling that you're not going to be able to have a say in it anymore. That child is going to grow up not knowing you. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that would be really hard. So... We see Matt again. Looks like he's walking along the water's edge, throwing rocks in, skipping rocks. Just that's where he goes to decompress and just really kind of think, cause it's really it's 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 down the wire, guys. It's like a week until she gives birth. So I was gonna say, like, what happens though after this, hypothetically speaking? What after the baby's born? Do they go back to regular school again after, is it that program just until the baby's born and then they just go back to public school or, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, he's hanging out with Blair, aww. He's like, hey, you want to talk about it? He's like, no, it's no big deal, I'm just giving away my baby any day now, poor guy. This is really eating him up, this is really destroying him. And he says how he, you know, he feels like crap. Well, I can imagine. I can only imagine. Okay, so this is interesting. Maybe Susan will finally, you know, sit down. You know, Alex is coming in from work. Like, hey, come sit, say hi. I haven't seen you in a while. What's up? You know, maybe actually listen to what Alex wants, what she wants to do. If she wants to take a gap year, let's, you know, examine that and let's kind of look at it from all sides and see the benefits, the pros, the cons, all that stuff. So Alex has news other than the fact that her feet are killing her. <laughs> I hear you, sweetie. <laughs> Eight hours a day, five days a week on a cement floor in one space, one spot all day is not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she works fast food. I worked in a factory. Factory. So, um, hey, Lund. London, my bun bun, my rabbit. He's hanging out by the sliding door. Just hanging out. Not chewing on anything, which is good. That's what we want. We don't want you chewing on anything, right? 
So, yeah, she says the owner stopped by at the restaurant. She got an offer if she wants to become a manager. All right, good girl. See? That, that's how it works. Guys, you put in that hard work. You get noticed. Bigger things, opportunities come your way. Congratulations. This is nice, them reconciling here. Of course, you know, Susan says she's proud of Alex. Alex kind of fires back like, no, you don't. You think I was a dead-end loser. And Susan's like, I do not think that. And I want to apologize if I've ever made you feel that way. And Susan tells Alex how Dan reminds her that her dreams aren't Alex's dreams. So she basically says she's been thinking about Alex wanting to take the next year off and how, you know, being a manager at 18 comes more responsibility, great job skills would look great on a college application when, you know, Alex is ready to go back to school. So she's accepting this. Like, yeah, if this is what Alex wants, then why not, you know? It doesn't have to be a forever thing. It can be a right now thing. And then when something better comes along that she wants then you have that experience to back that up. Oh, come on, Alex. We know. Are you really just in it for the car? Come on now. That is a lot of responsibility at 18. I mean, I don't know anyone who was a manager at 18, but if they were, then they clearly, their manager saw something in them. Great leadership skills. Alex is like, did you mean that? And Susan looks at her and says yes. And I said, I like that even though we're getting towards the end of the movie, we are reconciling. I really want to see a scene between Dan and Matt. We really, I feel in my heart, because it's been quite a while since I've watched this movie. I feel that scene is a long time coming. We really have not seen them have a good, you know, heart to heart together. I can't remember or not if that happens in this movie. But I feel since we've seen Alex and Susan reconcile, because they've been butting heads since the beginning of the movie, that definitely we are due for a Dan and Matt scene. So we see Matt just hanging out on um, some patio furniture outside. It's windy. They're wearing lighter jackets. He's still, he wears a, a hoodie a lot at the time of this movie. Of course, he's listening to some music. There's a drink on the side table there. So she sits down next to Matt. Of course, he's got his legs draped over her. And she's just saying, you know, Matt, it must be terrible, horrible feeling not to be able to name your child. I'm like, oh, gosh. Starting with this. It's probably the last thing he wants to hear right now. And she's telling him how it must feel awful to sign a piece of paper and give away your flesh and blood. Sounds like there's a phone going off in their, their house. And she kind of pats him on the chest, just saying, I wish you hadn't had to go through all that. All right, so Dan is like, guys, that was Dr. Howell on the phone. Looks like uh, Francesca's going to the hospital, going to have the baby. So Dan's like, look, I'm not going, and I don't think you should either, Susan. And she's like, I have to. And Dan's like, this is going to kill him. It really is going to kill him. I mean, you know, to see this baby and then have to give it up. He's like, honey, you can't let that happen. And she's like, honey, you're the one who taught me that we can't always guide our kids. Sometimes we have to follow them. And he's like, are you sure you're not doing this for yourself? And she says, no, I'm not sure. So Matt comes down. Of course, he's got that red, that cardinal that he, that he picked up at that baby store. Aww. And Dan just says to Matt, like, 
Matt, this is going to be bigger than you could possibly imagine. And Matt's like, it's okay, Dad. And Susan goes to kiss Dan goodbye. So Matt and Susan are hanging out in the lobby, just waiting to hear back. And, of course, Matt's holding on to the, the cardinal. You guys know how I'm partial to red. You know, if you've listened to the podcasts and episodes, you know that my favorite color is red. How long have they been waiting there? Has it been hours? Because... Oh, there's Dr. Howell. All right, let's hear the verdict. I thought we'd agree that you weren't going to be here. <laughs> the baby is a normal, healthy female. Nine on the outdoor scale, six pounds, 12 ounces, 20 inches. Labor was a little intense. That's to be expected with a 15-year-old. Francesca's exhausted. Wait, can I see her? She doesn't want to see you, Matt. I hope you won't take that personally. Dr. Howell, how can you not take that personally? She also chose not to hold the baby. I think this whole thing has hit her a lot harder than she realized. Where's the baby? The baby will stay in the nursery until she's handed over to her new parents by the hospital. Who are they? They're a professional couple. He's an attorney, she's an architect. Asked who they are, not their jobs. Well, where do they live? I don't know that. You mean you don't even know where they're taking the baby? That's what a closed adoption is, <laughs> Matt. This is the hard part. <laughs> Where's the nursery? Thanks. He signed away his rights to the baby. She's under the guardianship of the adoption agency now. I frankly think that the hospital's going to take a very dim view of this. So, yeah, Do- Francesca's father comes out, says the baby is a healthy female, weighs about six pounds, some ounces, and that the baby will eventually be handed off to the adoptive parents. And he 
says that one of them's an architect, the other one's an attorney, a lawyer. And Matt's like, well, ask who they were, not their jobs. Do you even know where you're, they're taking the baby? And Dr. Howell's like, no, Matt, I don't know anything about the adoptive parents or where they're taking the baby because that's what a closed adoption is. So Matt is like, he takes off running down the hall, like, where's the nursery? And of course, beforehand, it's like, oh, yeah, well, Francesca's exhausted, of course, because it was a difficult labor, which isn't surprising because she's 15. Oh, and she doesn't want to see you, Matt, by the way. She also asked not to hold the, or said she didn't want to hold the baby. Matt takes off running down to the nurse's station, says, where's the nursery? He goes and Susan goes with him. And they see the baby, and we do have a nurse that brings the baby out. And she's like, oh, is this your baby sister? And Matt's like, no, it's my daughter. And, of course, Susan takes the baby and shows Matt, you know, support the head. And it's like, hey, little girl. Oh, she's beautiful. And Dr. Howell's like, what's the meaning of this? Like, we had an agreement. You signed a contract giving up your parental rights. And Susan's like, well, Matt wanted to hold his daughter. And Dr. Howell's all like, I'm sure the hospital's going to look down on this. It's like, um, Matt is, just let him have his time with his daughter. All right, so now we're back at home. Of course, we're focusing on the end table that's got Matt's honor roll society framed. It's a picture also of, there's one of Matt, one of Alex, and one of, Dan holding maybe either Matt or Alex. Maybe I'm thinking it's got to be Matt. So Dan's just kind of sitting on the couch when Alex comes in. And Alex was like, hey, Dad, where is everybody? And he's like, well, your mom and Matt went to the hospital. Oh, yeah, she comes in with Zach. Of course, Alex is like, is it the baby? Why didn't you go? Why didn't you go with him? He's like, uh, I'm not sure. I love Alex here. He's like, how come you people never know what you want to do? And she turns to Zach, like, hey, you want to give me a ride to the hospital? And Dan right away is like, no, no, I'll take you to the hospital. Like, okay, okay. Well, at first, Dan's like, oh, you're going? And Alex is like, dad, Matt's about to have a baby. Well, technically, his baby, he's already held his baby by the time you, you got to your house. So, so I think Susan's going to have it out with Dr. Howell. Like, you were just, what is with you? Like, that's your grandkid. I know you need to be detached and everything because you're such an inhuman person which we have no emotion whatsoever and I think that maybe I mean even before she got pregnant he just this man just seems so emotionless like oh it's a it's a six pound female human it's like <sighs> that was out of line my son has every right to be with his baby and you know the hospital recognizes that no he gave them up Adoption won't be final for six months. We have an agreement, Mrs. Freeman. <laughs> no, I know you love Matt as much as I love Francesca. Why put him through this? Because we made the agreement. He didn't. He wants to choose for himself. He's 15 years old. It's ridiculous. Well, then we'll agree to disagree, Dr. Howell. Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he has fallen in love with that little girl. He loves her. Oh. 
She just stopped crying. I gave her the bottle and she stopped. I love her. I already love her. Of course he does. Can't take care of her. I know I can't take care of her all by myself. But we're a family. And that's what everybody keeps saying a baby needs. Raise her together. Oh, Are you sure? It's for life, son. It's already for life, Dad. Calling her Genevieve. So, of course. Susan has it out with Dr. Howell, says you are being very insensitive and inappropriate. Matt has every right to hold his baby and be with his daughter. And he's like, wow, he signed an agreement, giving up his paternal rights and everything. And she's telling him how, yeah, Matt didn't make that decision. We made that for him, that he was signing away his rights. Why shouldn't he get to choose? And he's like, a 15-year-old being a parent? That's ludicrous. And she's like, well, then we'll just have to agree to disagree. Then Dan and Alex come through the door. They hug. We see Matt holding his baby, humming to her. Oh, and I'm just like, he he's in love with that baby. And he even says, like, I love her. I already love her. And he says, you know, we're a family. And everyone keeps saying that's what a baby needs. You know, we could raise her together. And Susan's like, Matt, are you sure? I love what Dan says. He says, it's for life, son. And Matt says, it's already for life, Dad. And it's just like, oh, oh, and they get the little cardinal and the little, the baby. Oh, he's changing the diaper. Oh. It's so sweet. I, I love this. And he says, I'm calling her Genevieve. Oh, such a sweet name. I love this. So, of course, Dan's like, I knew I never was going to have a chance. It's like, yeah, he was definitely going to be vetoed three to one. And he says something about, I feel like we're being punished. And Susan's like, no, we're being blessed. Like, come on. This is going to be a good thing. And Dan asks about the adoptive parents, and Susan says, well, I feel very sorry for them. Like, there will be other babies that you can look to adopt, but this baby is taken by his, by her daddy. She's already got a home. Little Miss Genevieve. Alrighty, looks like he is going to reestablish his rights as the baby's father. And I'm so excited. Now, in order to exercise your rights as the child's father, Matthew, you have to read this document and sign here <laughs> along with your parents. That's it? Just sign and I can take her? As far as the adoption is concerned, yes. But of course, your signature doesn't limit the rights of the child's mother. <laughs> Good. All right, then. You testify that you are Matthew Freeman. You have to say it. <laughs> And that you are the biological father of a female infant born to Francesca Howell at 11.32 p.m. on June the 16th of this year. I am.
to take her. So yeah, pretty much he says he is Matthew Freeman and he is going to be, you know, taking his daughter home and everything. He's like, and also the lawyer does mention that this doesn't eliminate the mother's rights. So if Francesca does at some point want to see her daughter, they just have to work out some form of custody in in regard to that. So I, I honestly kind of think... Maybe down the road she may want to be in the baby's life. Maybe when the baby's a little older. Because I'm sure at some point Matt will explain to the baby about her mother and everything. So I, I honestly see down the road that Francesca will be in the baby's, in, in Genevieve's life. And it's like, well, you better like her name because you weren't there, so I got to pick it. I, I want, you didn't even get to want to hold your her when she was born, so... Of course, I love how they're setting up the room and Susan and Matt come home with baby Genevieve. And it's just so sweet. It's And Blair is there. And it's just, oh, I love it. And we see them place the baby in. The, and it's interesting because, I mean, the baby's hair is covered by the little hat. And you just see the eyebrows. And I'm just thinking because Francesca is kind of a strawberry blonde kind of hair. Kind of like, almost like Alex's hair a little bit. So, and you definitely can tell that, you know, just based on the eyebrows, the hair is kind of a strawberry blonde, which I think that's what that reddish blonde actually is listed on my birth certificate. Although my hair looks more like kind of a, I mean, if I don't color it, it's more of a, like a dirtier blonde, a dishwater blonde. When I was younger, it used to be more like a whitish blonde, but yeah. Well, they have a blanket and they have a couple little pillows. Granted, this is just for, you know, filming the movie, but I hear, like, you're not supposed to put blankets. You're not supposed to put pillows in with the baby. Granted, this baby is clearly not a newborn. She looks to be about maybe, what, three months old? I think that's usually the youngest they can have babies on the set is, like, three months old. The baby's just looking like, oh, where are all these people? <laughs> like, well, those are your grandparents, your daddy, and your aunt, Alex. Um, we see Susan kind of shutting the lights off downstairs and picking up stuff. And we see Matt holding his baby girl. He's got a little bit of formula in a bottle. He's got a little, um, what do they call those things? Like, um... I can't think of the word like a, a little uh, a cloth like a, a spit up rag or a cloth or something like that so yeah Susan's like oh honey you go to bed I can put her down and Matt's like oh no that's all right and of course he's like oh I need to change your diaper and Susan's like oh I can do that for you he's like mom I got it seriously it's okay and I love how the movie like 
zooms out towards the, kind of pans out towards the window, and you just see that, that water out there. So I guess maybe that's kind of symbolism, maybe, in a way. You know, and that's the movie, guys. That's how the movie ends. It's just, it's really sweet. It's heartfelt. One thing I really also liked about the movie is the score of the movie. It's just, it's it's nice. It's soft. It's not too loud. It doesn't, like, kind of overtake the scene in any way. But you just, you feel the emotion of the scenes and the actors. And just, even if they're not saying anything, that music just displays but everyone's kind of feeling, you know, and this, how the scene plays and just, it just, it's just so good. I just, I loved watching this movie again. It's been, I know I've seen it again since 2002. Trust me. I've seen it at least a couple of times between then and now, but I just, I love it. I just, I wanted to cover a different version of a teen pregnancy from the dad's point of view. Cause they're really, I think there is another one that's called like freshman father, um, about a guy and a girl that are graduating, they graduate high school, she gets pregnant, and the father goes off to college at 18, and he's raising the baby. There's um, a movie with Brian Austin Green and Nicole Tom called Unwed Father, that's another one, where the two split custody. Um, it's just, it's really, but all, all, you know, they're good movies, really, really good. Although I didn't see all of Freshman Father, but I I think I saw most of it. It was really good. Just I think at the end it was him with his like four year old son as he graduates college. But it's just yeah, I liked this. I really really did. And I'd like to think that yeah, like I said, Francesca would eventually be in the baby's life. They work out some type of custody thing, and I think that maybe in time Francesca's parents would learn to you know, love the baby, care for the baby, and everything like that. At least that's what I'd like to, to hope, anyway. Um, I think that Alex, at some point, is, even though being a manager, is probably, it's good pay and everything, but maybe she's like, I kind of want to, like, or maybe she'll want to get a management degree, or get a degree in business, and kind of have her own business. Who knows? Who knows? With that. Um, but, yeah. I just... And it's funny because once Matt hits 21, that his baby's going to be like a preschooler practically. Yeah. So Gen little Genevieve's going to be. And I honestly kind of think I would love to think that Matt and Blair eventually do end up together. Because I think she would be great for him. I really, really do. She's very supportive. She's kind. She's sweet. She's very pretty. But I can't see Matt and Francesca ending up together. I think that they would co-parent little Genevieve. But um, before I go, I did have another review that I had covered for this movie, courtesy of IMDb, of course. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. 
is in honor of Father's Day, even though it's June 28th right now. But I just, I wanted to do one more, just like I had done with um, 15 and Pregnant. I wanted to do this one, Too Young to Be a Dad. I know I think I wanted to do it, like, last year around this time, but, like, nah, this time, this time sounds good. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys want to email the podcast, you can do so at lbom, wonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. And here's my uh, my other review that I read from IMDb. All right. Have a good night, everybody. This person gives it a 10 out of 10, titling it, Finally, a very important side is shown. Plot points discussed. Warning, spoilers. So if you guys want to skip ahead like 30 seconds. Finally, a movie that showcases a male in a stereotypically female light. This movie follows a harrowing nine months of a young boy's life as he struggles with the choice he feels he was forced to make, giving up parental rights to his unborn child. This movie shows something very important. It only takes one time to get pregnant. After the first time, the boy decided he wasn't ready for sex, but the damage was already done. Also, the important thing shown here is that just because a person is male doesn't mean they are a sex-crazed lunatic. We follow the life of this boy as he struggles at his age to work a full-time work full-time at a pizza shop to pay his pregnant girlfriend's medical bills and the anguish he experiences when hearing the baby referred to as simply an adoptee as he walks around a baby product store as he takes classes to learn how to care take care of a baby he'll never have. And in the light of this life-altering event happening, his family is proud of him for doing his duty and taking responsibility for his actions. They have chosen to see the best of a not-so-wonderful situation, which we could hope any parent would do for their child. As the movie ends with a boy deciding to raise the child, you can only be proud of a movie that finally showcases a man taking responsibility for his sexual actions and not taking the easy way out.